Here's the one thing I was going to ask. Do you remember or can you pull up and play our predictions? Because I, I, I have them. I have them here. Okay. Cause as I was reading, I'm like, I think we got most of this I, yeah, movie we did. Right. We did. I think we wrote the movie. Turns out when you watch 40 Sylvester Stallone movies, you seem to yeah, you can, patterns. You can see some patterns. Welcome to the Arms Race. This is a podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Get Carter, released by Warner Brothers on October 6, 2000, starring Sylvester Stallone, Miranda Richardson, Rachel Lee Cook, Alan Cumming, Mickey Rourke, John C. McGinley, Rona Mitra, Johnny Strong, and Michael Caine. Screenplay by David McKenna. Based on the novel entitled Jack's Return Home by Ted Lewis. Directed by Stephen Kay. Yep. The our second Get Carter episode in a row. Yes. Um. <laughs> There's a t- tentative look on Mike's face. I, I, I don't know what... There's a smile, but also uncertainty. I'm not even sure how to interpret this. This is clear. This has to be one of the worst remakes of all time. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's coming in hot. I was at a loss. I'm, as I watched it, I'm like, I don't understand why this movie was made. Yeah. I agree that it's it's far inferior. To far me. inferior and just the tone. Every, the, yeah. That's the it, biggest problem. It just loses ev- everything that I enjoyed. And, you know, the first one was a surprise. I didn't really know much about it going into it. It was a pleasant, you know, surprise. Yeah. This drain, like whatever there was in the original, it's completely sapped in this movie. Yeah, I mean, all of the rough edges have been sanded off of the, of the story and certainly of the character of Jack Carter. Uh, <laughs> I think we hit that one out of the park. Yeah, it was you know, so we, obvious I've, that was going to happen. We made some predictions uh, at the end of our last episode, and yeah, I think we should run through them. But um, I, I agree that this is, you know, why remake this movie, why defang it to the degree that they did i mean you know why it's because of stallone because we've talked about in the past how he doesn't like to be unlikable and which is why we predicted that this would be the case and we were correct (laughs) spot on it was yeah it was a very easy prediction to make so uh it's not like i don't think we need to pat ourselves on the back because of course that's what it is we are not karnak the magnificent no yeah it was a very easy prediction but i don't think this is the worst remake ever made i'm sure i could think of some some other examples i don't think it's a good movie I didn't think it was terrible either. Really? I, I, I think wow. it's guilty of what I think is one of my least favorite descriptors of a movie, and it's just boring. I just found That's it to, for sure. I just found it to be very boring and unremarkable. There's nothing really, you know, it's it's well made, and I think Stallone and plenty of uh, actors are giving good performances, um, some not so much, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily like really, really terrible. But it's just, it's the most unremarkable movie. It's like, it, it feels very rote. It's just like, hey, we, let's, make, let's remake this movie. Okay, we did it. Now no one will ever think of it again. I, here's the, so, I think I said it's one of the worst remakes ever, ever made. So if this was a standalone movie, or maybe I hadn't seen the original, and I, I didn't know any better, I don't know if I would have had as strong of a reaction, but I think that the issue that I have is that this isn't just a, a, a boring new screenplay Right. There was an original. There already was a pretty good, maybe not great, certainly not perfect, but a pretty good movie 
no need for this to be made, and it was made far, far worse. So not only was it boring, it took something that was pretty engaging oh, yeah. and just trashed it. I think because they sanded all the rough edges off of it, it that's that's what the original that's what's interesting about the original Get Carter is how nasty that character is and how atypical a protagonist he is, right? Where it's like this is unique. It's is, you know, a guy who is not the movie is not even remotely trying to make Jack Carter likable yeah. in the original. Right to the end, you know, it's not like he gets a redemption moment in any way. Right. So that's like the one unique thing about the movie. And so you remove that and what's left. It's just a very you know basic revenge story, yeah, I guess. Bar- it's barely a revenge story. <laughs> it kicks in very late. <laughs> because it also takes sands off so much of the rough edges, it doesn't even want to commit to that. Yeah. No, that, that's... I mean, it does eventually, but it, it really... I think, The last 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, and also I think the, the tonal problems... Because this version of Jack Carter is much more noble... In in his own way, or not even in his own way, he just is. He's always just he's a heroic character. Because of that, I think the bar is now higher to get a character like that to cross the line into committing, you know, revenge. And because that threshold is so much higher, now you know the 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 crime has to match that, and that's the I think the biggest you know. Oh, it's a huge mistake. Where they take that is just that's that's just ridiculous. And just you know, not not an improvement in any way. I mean, it's just you know, I don't know why they felt the need to take it to well, that, that. I, I think you hit the nail way. on the head. The reason why they had to take it is because to make right. him even more heroic. And there, there there was no reason to in the first place is the most infuriating thing. And then yeah, it it diminishes and and, and takes it to. Ironically, it takes it to a darker place. It does. But the funny thing is, is that. Somehow, th- that is that aspect is worse. Even oh, yeah. though the no. original Get Carter is a darker character, somehow this takes yeah you know this takes things to a darker place. That's crazy to me. Yeah, you know I th- I think that I mean it's 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 dark material in both instances. But the first movie is actually grappling with it in a way that this movie yeah. doesn't. I mean we can get to our our, our predictions. Well, let's you you want to do that to lead off here? Yeah. Well, we already talked about the fact that uh, Jack's more likable, and also we both predicted he would not die at the end, which of course <laughs> was, those were lay. I mean those were bunnies without a doubt. Yeah. Those were easy layups. They did kind of try uh, manage to keep the ending because once again Michael Caine is being shot in the back, so they they they, <laughs> they, they sort of managed to do the, the ending again. It's just a it was just Michael Caine. Whatever. Yeah. No, but I wanted to say, because uh, tying to what we were just talking about, your prediction that there would be little to no nudity in this movie about pornography and all this stuff was spot on. You know? So American. Yeah. So American. So that's the thing. It's like there's this there's this disconnect between this movie, which is you know very much like this Hollywood, you know, late 90s, early 2000s movie where like it's tackling this issue of pornography, but yet... It's it, it has drained all of the sex out of it, you know. So it's t- it, it, it's not willing to grapple with it in any way, you know. No, and what's it's, you it's, know, everything's a deflecting shot, and it's kind of in the backdrop in the original. I mean, it's there and there's some nudity, but you know, it's not necessarily at the forefront because Jack Carter and the revenge really is driving that movie. Yeah. But ironically, and I think it's actually the the biggest thing is the difference between Europe and the United States. That's why I made the prediction that if there was any involvement whatsoever. It, it would disappoint Patrick Stewart in extras because there would be no yes. nudity. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, 
what little nudity there is is like a brief flash, yeah. a little, which ties into my prediction where I, I had said that uh, if if the pornography angle was still in this movie, it would all be about how amazing the internet is. Ooh, the new this new like, wave of the future, the internet, which a thousand percent is. <laughs> you what were, when I was watching, I'm like, oh man, he knocked it out of the park with that. <laughs> I did a fist pump, just like the, yes, the net comes, and the girl with the bus immediately came. <laughs> I mean, we'll go through the plot, but the scene where we meet Cyrus and uh, Jack Carter is like, what do you have to Cyrus? He's like, let me show you. I'm like, here it comes. And I was like, I was like, ten seconds before it, ha- it happened, I was like, here it comes, and then it was like, immediately the montage of like, you know, I think you hear a modem sound like, and then there's like quick flashes of like, scantily you know, clad, yeah, women. but yes. like, but it doesn't look like the internet. It looks like one of those games you play at the end of a bar, or those like nudie games. <laughs> yes. It's a bunch of people playing those in like a room up above a bar. It's like Leisure Suit Larry. Somebody is playing on the computer. Yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, the whole thing, you know, uh, Cyrus, uh, you know, um, um, Mickey Rourke's character, Cyrus, being like, it's the future. No, I'm, I'm on the cutting edge. I'm, right, I'm, I'm up front, brother. Cutting edge. <laughs> Anyway, so that prediction, uh, I was very happy that, that, that I think the only prediction, uh, what was it? I think the city too. I think we said because of the trailer, we said Las Vegas, didn't we? Well, I think we made a couple of different uh, variations, but yeah, at some point, I think I think I remember us saying he'd start in Vegas and go back to like New Jersey or something. Oh, so that okay. was wrong because it's like yeah, we got Vegas right, yeah. but I, I do think that was a little cheat because I do remember yeah, you said the, you remember the, trailer. the trailer. Yeah, um, and yeah, the only th- prediction I think I got wrong is I had predicted that Michael Caine would play Kinnear. Which he does not. He plays Brumby. Which I don't know. In this movie, it's hard. There's like not even really oh, much. To... Yeah, they combine a number of characters. Um, they just kind of like shuffle them all around. Yeah, and polar opposite of Jeremy Kinnear in the original Get Carter and and this, it's it's not even close. Is it the opposite or is it like? Oh, it's the opposite because I mean the Jeremy Kinnear in the oh UK, right they switched the names because Kinnear was the the the, the gangster, gangster. Okay, yeah he's the one right. playing poker he actually he's, he's kind of an interesting character I would have actually liked a little more time ironically we get way more time with Jeremy Kinnear and I was not wanting very oh, much more time with no, Jeremy Kinnear. that was who I was uh, talking about when I said some some it's too uh, bad because I like so I like Alan Cumming but this was not a good performance. Look, Alan Cumming is a perfectly fine actor. Maybe you don't do the accent. Maybe your American accent is not at the snuff, Alan Cumming. Not everybody can do it. That, that I'm true. worth $900 million. I'm an American. I'm golfing. It's me, Alan Cumming. I'm an American. His American accent is... I mean, it's very... It's, it's you know, a ton of British actors, oh. you know, not just like, you know... English, but Scottish, and you know, and, yeah, and, and even the, Australian. There's some that, uh, Irish, Australian, like to, South African. The number of actors outside of the U.S. who can do flawless American accents, and then you cast Alan Cumming. I, to this day, I will say, I, I had first, you know, seen Guy Pearce in L.A. Confidential. When I actually like saw, I'm like, what? I was beyond shocked that Guy Pearce was not American because I had sure, only yeah. seen him in L.A. Confidential. Yeah. And it, it was like a gut punch. I'm like, what is coming out of that guy's mouth? Sure. I was beyond shocked. Alan Cumming, I would have not mistaken for an American. That is for sure. No, it's very clear from the moment he opened his mouth. And look, just make him Scottish. You right. know what it I mean? doesn't like, matter. Like, Michael Caine's not trying to do an American right. accent. I mean, I nor can, should he. he. He knows better. He can still be, right, a 
software, you know, yes. developer genius. It doesn't matter. If you want Alan Cumming in your movie, just right. let him be himself. Yeah. Because yeah. they tried to justify Michael Caine. just like, I've been on both sides of the phone. I did like that. That was one piece of dialogue to just try and <laughs> right. justify the accent. Yeah, the, the whatever device. Yeah. Yes. It's the, just trying to acknowledge that he's English. Yeah. Um, anyway. So it, it, I, it is, we did a good job on the predictions. Um, that, that may be the highlight of the episode in the movie, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. You ready I, to get into it? Yeah, I'm ready to get into it. I, I well, I guess this may be one of those where you may convince me that this movie's worse than I thought. I think I may be saying out loud a different rating at the end of this movie yeah, than I, I have written down. I have a feeling, and let's get right into it, because maybe Rotten Tomatoes may help you yeah, this one. maybe. Let's go. All what right. day is it? What year? All right. October 6th of 2000. Uh, and the Rotten... You, I'm going to let you guess. I think I've tried to do this. You I, First, the, the critics score. And I'll, I'll help you. The critics in this one are worse than the audience. Which I uh, think oh, is, the, is the case okay. most of the time, but not all of the time. That doesn't surprise me in this case. Critic score is worse than the audience, he said. Yes. I'm going to say the critics gave this 27%. You, my friend, are very optimistic. This was an 11% Ooh. from the critics. You are very close to the audience. The audience score is 28%. Okay, I was about so. to say, I'll just stick with that number. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> You're very close on the audience score. I'll take this that. This is a reviled movie. That That is very, very low. It may I, be 11, one of the lowest ones we ever have on this show. Well, that may be true, but 11 is not zero. I mean, it is not plenty, zero. There's plenty of movies who have got, that have gotten 0% on that Rotten Tomatoes. That is Tomatoes. true. All right, so somebody liked it. At least one reviewer gave it a positive review to get to eleven percent. That's probably one out of nine, right? Uh, I bet there's not a ton of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there probably is. I mean, in the two thousands, there there would have been a lot of written reviews on this. I, I but did may, Rotten Tomatoes exist? Because like for older movies, they got to go back and like retroactively. They do, do retroactive. I don't know how many they're able to pull down. I, I maybe should do that and and put that as a parenthetical, but I don't have it for this one. I'll bet because that's pretty early internet. I mean, granted, you know, Cyrus was on top of things, but <laughs> he was cutting edge uh, with Sandra Bullock and with the net. I want to say Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist yet in the year two thousand. No, so I don't. There think may not have been the any uh, reviews. Anyway. All right. So the budget for this was $63.6 million. I believe it is the big budget Warner Brothers movie. I mean, it's, it's got production value. It does. The challenge was the total box office on this movie, $19.4 million. Yeah. Uh, 14.9 of domestic and 4.4. That, that Being across both both sides of the uh, the Atlantic did not help. Oh, I'm sure this movie was not well received in the UK, certainly. Just like, get this movie out of our country. <laughs> this is an affront to our cinema. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't either. All right, so we have 4.4 of international box office. All right, so it the Get Carter opened number three. That's not too bad. Opened I'm, number three. Number one? Uh, the year 2000 was like a noteworthy bad year, wasn't it, for movies? It was a like gladiator, and that's it? Pretty much. <laughs> Meet the Parents is the number one movie in America with okay. $28.6 I have not seen that in a long time. I am, sh you know, I definitely liked it when it came out. I have a feeling that it is, does not hold up very well. Yeah, uh, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I liked it. I didn't like. I, it, people Love really it. loved to the point where however, however many sequels they made. It's like yeah, that it movie was, was at least two sequels. It might be more. Yeah, at least it might two. Be, might be more. I was like that movie's fine, but a sequel to Meet yeah. the Parents don't need that. Uh, the number two movie uh, in its second week, it was number one the previous week, uh, Remember the Titans, uh, Denzel Washington sports sports movie. I've never seen that. I should see Remember the Titans. 19.2 yeah. uh, million. Uh, then Get Carter. Big drop off between number two and number three. <laughs> you go from 19.2 to $6.6 .6 million opening box office for Get Carter. 
Okay. Finishing out the top ten, number four, The Exorcist 2000 Director's Cut with 4.4 million. Oh, this is... Oh, man, there's some bad stuff on here. Wow. Number five, Digimon the Movie for oh, man. million. Boy, oh, boy. That almost made as much as Get Carter, the knockoff Pokemon. Yes. I, I remember catching that show on TV, and that the, the theme song is such an earworm. I still remember how it really? goes. Really? Give, give me a little bit of Digimon. It is so stupid that I, I will never forget the Digimon. I've never watched it. I just would catch it occasionally. It, yeah. it was like... Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Digimon, <laughs> digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. It seemed like a real... I mean, Pokemon seemed pretty stupid to me. I mean, we're just out of the age range for that, but the, the knockoff Pokemon... Boy, so boy. this was this was worse than Voltron, then, is what you're saying? Well, I think we have some bias, some age bias there, but yes, definitely. I'm just saying, like, the comparison to, the, like, the real, the real thing, Vol- Voltron was definitely the B-team. Oh, compared to what Transformers? Yeah. I mean, no, it was a different thing. Voltron was its own thing. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't think of Voltron as a. That had a whole weird history of like it got repurposed from another TV show. I know. I'm just, just the, the not it's a different thing. All right, fine, fine. All right. I never watched the show. I have no idea if Digimon. What Digimon? Maybe it was an awesome show. I don't know. I didn't all right, it. all right. I'll I'll finish out here. I I, I didn't expect <laughs> yeah. much information on Digimon, yeah. which is great. Who, who could have known that I would sing the Digimon TV theme song on this episode? I certainly would not have predicted that. <laughs> Number six, uh, Cameron Crow, almost famous with three point seven million. Okay. Here here is a perfect example of the dregs of the two thousands or two thousand in particular. Number seven movie, Urban Legends, Final Cut. Oh. That's a horror movie, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The urban legend franchise. For, for a second, there's a Steven Seagal movie called Urban Justice, and I got, <laughs> for a second, I thought it was that. I was like, no, wait, no, that's not no. Two point six million. Uh, Bring it on is uh, number eight in its seventh week in theaters. Okay, two point six million. Number nine, The Watcher, which I don't know, and number ten, uh, Nurse Betty. Okay. So in the TV world. The number one show in America, the beginning of the end of TV, Survivor, is the number one show in America in its first season, as I recall. That's a bold statement, the beginning of the end of TV. Oh. Think of all the great TV that we've gotten since then. I understand. You're saying, I should say uh, network. It was the beginning yes. of the end of network TV. Uh, the beginning of the end of the top ten you know, TV shows. Yes. Because, yeah, given all the, time, the times we've done this segment, and it's like, boy, anything after like 97. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, number two, one of those holdovers from the 90s, ER, is the number two show in America. Okay. Number three and four, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Wednesday. Number four, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Tuesday is the number four show in America. All right. Uh, number five is actually a three-way tie between Friends, Monday Night Football, and Everybody Loves Raymond. So still some of those sitcoms kind of hanging around, but in their decline years. Yeah. Number eight... Who wants to be a millionaire Sunday? It really Wait, was how the, many how many days was that on? Three days? At least three that were in the top ten. Gee, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, they could have... Talk about killing, killing the golden goose. They could have had... That show could have been running... I'm sure it's still running in some capacity on like, you know, like Somewhere. 3 a.m. or something. But, yeah. you know, that show could have gone... It could have been Jeopardy. It could have gone forever. And they just had to squeeze every penny out of it. Let's just... In the shortest period of time Yeah, possible. boy, oh boy. What a stupid thing to do. A, a quiz show, three days a week? For, that was an hour-long show, wasn't it? I think it was. ABC must have really not had very much. I guess so. Like, I guess when you're def- desperate for programming, you'll put it Because actually, now that... Uh, what's funny, so I'm looking in here. They finally have something that is not who wants to be a millionaire in the top 10. Number 10, The Practice, is ABC. Everything else is NBC 
or CBS. Uh, number nine was Law & Order NBC. So I think that's what it was. ABC just literally had sure. nothing in its lineup. Just keep it. How many more days? Uh, are, sure. And then Fox soon thereafter went over the same cliff with American Idol. Did the exact same thing. Yeah, but it makes more sense for that kind of like a talent show. Right. Because it's like, well, you just have more people come on, yeah. right? I As mean, opposed I, to just more trivia questions. Yeah, it's just trivia after trivia. At some point, Nobody there's only cares. so much trivia you can take. I, yes. I like the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I watched it quite a bit. All right. So the S&P 500 report is at 1,390.14 in October of 2000. On the history front, October 1st, the United States wins the most medals, 97, and the most gold medals, 40, in the closing out of the Summer Olympics held in Sydney, Australia. Okay. Uh, October 5th, mass demonstrations in Belgrade lead to the resignation of Yugoslavia's president, Slobodan Milosevic, which is one of the few names that I know from like Eastern, Eastern European history around that time. Yeah, I remember being big news. Yes. Uh, October 12th. Uh, in Yemen, the USS Cole is badly damaged by two Al-Qaeda suicide bombers who place a small boat laden with explosives alongside the United States Navy destroyer, killing 17 crew members and wounding at least 39. October 15th, on a lighter note, Curb Your Enthusiasm debuts <laughs> on HBO. Well, yeah, that is a very different news item. B- very different. And, it, you know, I know there have been a long hiatus between seasons, but man, when I think about it, oh, man, 20 years ago, Curb Your Enthusiasm debuted. Sure. It's funny you say that because just recently, you know, I've, I've been... I, now I have HBO Max, and I would just poke around and see what's there, and I saw Curb, and I was like, you know, let me let me watch an episode from an the first ones. season. Because yeah. people always talk about, like, Larry David, He looks he's looked the same for all this time. No, he looks very, very different now. Yeah, he, he does. He is significantly older, and it's, it's Yeah, but it's, un- it's understandable. Well, of course. But 20 years, people, people, but to your point. People don't realize that, what, just yeah. because he was already kind of old when that show started, people just think, like, yeah. Yeah, no, but but even like noticeable. even for me because I can remember yeah, excuse me, your Majesty, we don't accept <laughs> bills with lips drawn. I mean, he has changed from those scenes. Yeah, yeah. So the the people who say that I get it because he did kind of start looking old from the the start. Sure. But he definitely has changed. Um, October twenty sixth, the New York Yankees defeat the New York Mets in Game Five of the two thousand World Series four to one to win their twenty sixth World Series title in the first Subway Series. The New York Times bestseller. It's a Tom Clancy novel, one I had never heard of in my life, oh, however. 2000? Yeah. I was going to ask you if you knew if this is actually written by Tom Clancy. Well, it can't be Some of All Fears, because you would have heard of that one. Yes, I'm trying to think not. of what... I, I, late era Clancy. No, this, this was, he was still writing them at this point, I think. The Bear and, and the, the Dragon. Yes, The Bear and the Dragon. I've never do you read have that any idea? Do you have any idea? What it, I could have looked it up. I didn't. Do you know what it's about or no? Well, it's definitely a, 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 in the Clancy verse. I mean, I, I think it's a. I think that's a, a Clark book. Okay. I think it's a, you know because there was the Jack Ryan books yeah. set in like the present day, even though it got like super sci-fi. He being president and whatever. Um, <laughs> and then he had a series that was set like in like Vietnam era about Clark. Gotcha. And, and you I, think that's I, probably... I think that was a Clark book. Gotcha. I'm not sure. It's all the same world. All right. And the last item, the Billboard Top 100, is Come On Over Baby by Christina Aguilera. Don't remember it at all. No. But what happened to her? <laughs> no one even remembers her. I think no, she's still doing th- music. Yeah, I think she's still around. But yeah, she, she is definitely kind of faded into the back. But you know what? That's good because her contemporary Britney Spears led... 
a very hard life, and yeah. I think Christina Aguilera stayed on this for the most part the straight and narrow, and probably has a lot of money, so it's probably a good thing we don't hear about Christina. Aguilera I, I think you're right. She's, she's probably putting out albums like you know two albums every three years, just quietly, and her yeah. fans are you know she's still making money out of her, right. and and has relatively fallen into obscurity. Yes, um, not obscurity, but you know she's still famous. But, yeah, but not- Britney Spears still super famous, and for now for, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yes, so. That's it. That's what was going on in October of 2000. All right. Let's move on to the big picture. All right. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. All right. The big picture where we discuss the plot of the movie. Yeah, which is kind of streamlined compared to the original. So it's maybe easier to go through than... Well, we don't do segments on bonus episodes. But, I mean, That's I true. definitely... I feel like, in a way, this it's almost too simple. It is very straightforward in my very short summary. Yes, I have, two, two <clears throat> summary. It's kind of like the UK film Get Carter, but Americanized. It has car chases, no nudity, and a no and a nonsense ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should we need to talk about that ending. Yes. Um but yeah, I mean uh, it's so I mean look, yeah, the, I mean to start off, it's it, he Jack Carter is involved in some sort of nefarious activities. Seems like just like a enforcer and collector. Yeah, he's a collector for Almost a like trip. Rocky, yeah. ironically. I, I, that's exactly what I wrote down yeah. in my notes. It's like, it's like, he's like Rocky. But. And his brother dies, and he's going to Seattle, which I still am not sure why. Is the, it Seattle? Because, I mean, yeah. I feel like you don't get a ton of landmarks. You don't, but you, you definitely get when he gets off the Amtrak, because he takes the train, even yeah. though it really makes no sense in the United States for him to take the train. No, but, yeah, it's not like, it's not the UK where uh, everything's pretty close together. Yeah. Um, it's got to be, yeah, from from London to all the way north, it's got to be like a 90-minute train ride up yeah, there, whatever something it like is. that. And so, Whereas Vegas to Seattle, that's like, what? That's like a whole day, but, like a ten-hour train ride. Probably. Yeah, and so you you get you do get it somewhere there that it says Seattle, and I think it might be the Amtrak station, and then they go over the top of trying to have it rain just as much as they can uh, whenever Jack is is outdoors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even even when the plot calls for people golfing. It's going, why, are you, why are you golfing? It's raining, and I mean that's right because his suit is his suit coat is so. I guess nothing will stop it. Nothing will stop the golf. No. I mean, there's. I think the plot is the movie goes out of its way to explain who who characters are much much better than I think the original. I think there's one way in which this movie I, I thought was better is that it's much clearer. Who are these characters? How are how do they relate to Jack's brother? You know, what are the relationships? Very clear here, as opposed to oh yeah, the there were just named names dropped in the original. Oh, I need to write this down. Yeah. Am I supposed to know this person? So, so that's you know, I, I even though I do think this movie is a mess, I do think there are ways. I mean, not that the original. I, mean, I think in, in the original it was a deliberate choice. You know, it is I think intentionally alienating somewhat. Yeah, but not necessarily in a way that was good for the movie. I think in the original, but eventually you get caught up and it's worth it. It's it's like okay, now I understand. And yeah, you know, it, when you do get caught up, it's satisfying. I would give you that it's probably an improvement and more helpful in this that it's clear, the, particularly the relationship to his brother, because that yeah. really is driving everything of why he's there is his dead brother. Right. This this version eases you into that much more easily. I think. Yeah, uh, but what the mistakes it does make, and I I think there are many. You know, we're introduced to his brother's wife, which you do not get in um, 
I guess you get it a little bit in the original, but it is not a healthy relationship. Yeah. This tries to like make it where it, I guess it's the heroic angle that everybody needs to be more likable, even the dead brother, right. that he's got a seems like good functional marriage with, with his wife. Despite the fact that he's still got a girl on the side, right? right? Yes. Well, I, we don't learn much about their marriage, do we? I mean, you don't know. It's no real context. Not a ton, but it they're they're not estranged and they're not sure. separated. So I yeah, yeah. I mean, and he seems to have a pretty good relationship with his daughter too. I mean, it is his brother Richie, right? Well, you assume that. There's no indication that there was any uh, in in any of those relationships. There's no indication that there was any strain. It was right. like you know when when uh, the daughter talks about her father, it's like mostly like he, you know he was a good person. He wouldn't have been drinking and driving because the same scenario is he's yeah. he's quote unquote you know he's drinking and driving and crashes his car. Um, doesn't go off a bridge this time. No. So I think crashes into a tree. Into a tree. Uh, so yeah, but then Jack doesn't believe it, and he's asking around. I do. I there's a scene early on where, uh, and I you don't have to, as usual, I don't remember character names other than Jack Carter. Doreen is the daughter, right? Yes, and, Doreen. Um, Grace is that the wife's name? I think it is. I Gracie. You, Something you, like you that. don't get it as much, but yeah, I think you're right. And I do like. There's a moment early because uh, Jack uh, Stallone is just asking around basically at the funeral he's just talking to everybody he can like who are you why are you here you know he's just like investigating and then there's like a, a meal afterwards you know, everyone's at the house and he's he's interrogating somebody i do like a grace or whoever her name is just like jack can you please stop it yeah. <laughs> so it's like kind of like how i felt about the original movie where it's like <laughs> you know people are grieving and you're yes, really this uh, is not the time no jack. one no one's really acknowledging in the original movie that's like boy he's the really guy's dead and yeah. he's there giving the fifth degree to people. Yeah, Jack is really interrupting people's grieving process. Just, he, But of course, he doesn't really care about no. people's grieving, he's, whereas this character does. And so I did. I enjoyed that one moment where she's like, just stop interrogating everybody. It's a little moment. but yeah. Um, So yeah, he goes, he talks to uh, Michael Caine as Brumby. Brumby, yes. And I, he owns a bar. That's all you really get. And then somehow he's been mixed up in things over the years, but it's very, very vague. It is very vague. I mean, it's, he's presented as for most of the movie as a legitimate guy who just took out a... We learn later he took out a loan from somebody. I, I have a question about that. But yeah, Jack's brother worked at the bar. Like we said earlier, they're just mixing and matching kind of different characters. Because do it, we ever meet the bar owner in the original? I don't think we do. But it's, in, in, it's implied that Thornby or whatever his name... What's the, the gangster's name? Thr- uh, Thromby? Thromby? Okay. It's, it's implied he owns that bar. Oh, but it's wait. not like he's there. The the rich guy, the, the guy with the, the in the in the original, yeah, in the original. I think, yeah, I think it's Thrombi. Okay, and yeah, it's it's said that he owns the bar, but he's not there, like managing yeah. it. Whereas Michael Caine in this he's, movie, he's, he's in the back carrying boxes <laughs> yeah, of liquor, so yeah. he's working it. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's he's hands on. I mean, I think every scene he's in, except for that last scene, is him yeah, in him the back in, of the bar. In, yeah, in his office or in the bar doing something. And yet, weirdly separated, like he never comes out and interacts with anybody. He's just like in this back room. It's like, okay, we got Michael Caine for a day. Here's our one set, and then we'll, for the, the, you know, for an hour, we'll go we'll into the parking, parking garage, garage and we'll be done. Yeah. Bada boom, bada bing. That's kind of how it feels. It's like, <laughs> look, we're paying for Stallone. We can't pay for him. We can't pay. Yeah, Michael Caine, <laughs> you're on a day rate, Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he goes to him first and just kind of talks to him. He learns about uh, his brother's, uh, uh, what, what word does Michael Caine use? He uses a, um, I've had it in my notes somewhere, but uh, he's got a girl on the side, and we learn. Yeah. And Michael Caine kind of lets it slip, and then... Geraldine. Geraldine, yeah. 
Some of the name choices. I mean, some of them are carryovers. I don't think Geraldine was a carryover. No, that's, it was, def- that's definitely. It was not. an interesting choice, and she's a composite too of the two of two female characters in the original. Yeah. And what what probably annoys me more than anything is the choice to have even like with Michael Caine's character Brumby to have you're a big man but you're you're out of shape. It it's taken from the original, but nothing against Michael Caine. Him compared to Sylvester Stallone, he's not a big man. It it does not make any sense. Oh, I didn't remember that line from the original. Who, what's the context in the original? He remember? says it to when when uh, Jack Carter, the Michael, Michael Caine, Caine Jack, Jack Carter, Carter, goes over to Brumby's house. You know, and the party had been going on. Oh, he just gotcha. like walks in after the party's cleared out, and his wife's you know lets him in, and he says you know he's there from whoever the gangster that he works for you know back down in London. Yeah. yeah. Let's him in, and then you know Brumby, you know makes makes like that's right. Yeah, and there's a little moment in this movie where he kind of Michael Caine kind of makes a big stink, and, yeah. and he says that line, and, and I was like, why was, is he getting upset? It's because it's just they're... a holdover from, and it's the same yeah. thing. There's lines from Geraldine in particular when she, when Kinnear wants to make him magically appear. Poof! All this stuff. I'm like, everything you've seen from this Geraldine character, this is 100 percent different. And it's because it's a different character from the original movie, and they just kept the dialogue. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That kind of stuff, I, it really annoyed me. And they should have just either had cast two actresses, and maybe they were paying for Stolen and couldn't afford another actress. Don't do a composite, because it doesn't make any sense coming from... It was like a totally different performance and a totally different character, because it, it effectively was a different character in the original that they just decided to combine. Whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not. I didn't remember any of these connections, so it's interesting. Oh. Like, I mean, Geraldine compared to the the characters characters in the original has so much less agency. Like, she's just kind of doing what she's told. I feel like for most of this, whereas opposed to whatever the girl's name was in the original, was very complicit in the stuff that was going on. Yeah, it's one of those things where now I kind of wish we had watched this movie having not seen the original, and I wonder if. if Issues we have with with some of these characters would be you know, different or nah, would have been noticeable. I I think it would have been no because I would have noticed the lines and said, well, yeah, that was one person combined. And you're right, I probably went into it with I like the original, so don't ruin it. And some of the choices made of hold, holdover of dialogue. I, especially yeah, now that you mention crucial it. plot point dialogue either. It's just interesting interactions that existed in the original. It's like there's no need for it. Now that you mention it, because there were, there were moments in this movie where I was like, that was a weird moment, and I didn't remember that it's a, a line or a moment from the original, and now it makes perfect sense of just like, oh, right, they're just trying to shoehorn in yeah, a memorable scene from, because, yeah. you know, I had only, I've only seen Dick Carter the one time, yeah. so it's like, yeah, I, I'm not familiar enough to recognize the, those connections, but yeah, the one the one Michael Caine where he was just, he got really angry, he was like, you come in here and accuse me, he was like, first of all, Jack didn't really say anything, like accuse you of anything, and no. then yeah, that so, was and that was the first instance in the movie. So and at that point, they're portraying him as like an ally, basically of of Jack's, so of just like trying to help him out. Yeah, I'm here. I liked your brother. He was a friend of mine. I'm going to help you out. Um, little did we know. <laughs> um, so anyway, he goes to meet Cyrus, right? <laughs> yes, another new character. Who's the? Well, no, because he's he's really the 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 polar or whatever. I mean, he he's supposed to be who should die at the end of the movie. That's what Cyrus's character is. Oh yeah, but that guy was more of like a henchman, like. And that's Cyrus what, has is, is on his own doing his own thing. He is of. now, but it's because they changed him because the internet allowed him to have his own business. Sure. Before that, he was just a, you know he was just muscle. I mean, it's right. clear they cast Mickey Rourke, so he was clearly just muscle. 
But now apparently he's got a, he's got a new growing business. Yeah, but that's who that was supposed to be. It's a different thing. It's a different dynamic because in the original, that guy is always like around um, his boss. Yeah. Whereas Cyrus is uh, is kind of his own boss he does now. His own thing. Yeah, but, but he, he but is he, there at the party at the end. Yeah. yeah, and he wasn't always his own boss. He just became his own boss because of the internet. Because the internet is the frontier, the wild west, where you can just make money on stock quotes and computer porn. Yeah, well, this was the time. This was probably shortly after uh, George Costanza George said that. was trying to sell computers. That's, yes. that's what we see in this movie. That's what the internet is for. Um, not as many stock quotes in this movie, but yes. So, yeah, he meets up with, you know, and Cyrus is kind of a dead end. I, well, well yeah. no, he follows him to Kinnear, right? He, tra- uh, he trails yes. him, much like the original. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, that was the one I remembered was the same. And Kinnear is, yes, golfing. Yeah, golfing in the rain. Has no security of any kind, seemingly. One guy at the gate, uh, I'm here with Mr. Franklin, or whatever he says. <laughs> I'm here with the Franklin of, party. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, it certainly, it makes more sense than the bum rush that, that Jack the Carter... The bum rush was kind of fun, though. <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was definitely more memorable than just... You've seen the scene... In this movie, you've seen this a hundred times, just I'm here with, you know, Mr. Franklin. It's like, yeah. it's not even an original moment, well, but, you know, Stallone pulls it off. And it's effective, because he gets in. And confronts Kinnear in his golf party, and it's it, it definitely is the beginning of for me the the biggest weakness in the movie is the Jeremy Kinnear character, which we've yeah, already no doubt about it. And but, it's written badly, it's performed badly. Again, Alan Cumming has been good in other things. Yeah, but it was also playing the trope at the time. Oh yeah, oh, I know. S- software, the Bill Gates, basically. That was the part I didn't predict, and I, I wish I had. Of just, I knew that if the if there was internet porn, it would be like, wow, the future is here. But I didn't know that there would be this character. Of yeah, course. This, but like, when it happened, I'm like, of course it is. Yeah. Of course well, he's not a gangster. He's a a gazillion, you know, I, my company's worth a gazillion, gazillion dollars. dollars. Yeah. Well, he knows exactly how much his personal worth is. He doesn't. He only has a nine hundred million. Boy, oh boy! But his company is a gazillion dollars. It's, it's so galling that character saying that. But then the, he's, the character is so. I mean, we're obviously supposed to hate him, but he's so smarmy. And then this this fake American accent that Alan Cummings putting on. It's, just a, it's like a gazillion dollars. Yeah, it is like. That is nails on a chalkboard. That that's the the only thing that tops it is at the towards the end at the fencing club party when he has that ridiculous floppy hat on. I'm yes, like, oh like Kangol bucket hat. Yes, yeah, this guy deserves a savage beating from Jack Carter. That was very of the time. I mean, uh, I knew a guy in college who wore a lot of hats like that. Well, no offense to you, the guy you knew, he deserved a Jack Carter <laughs> beating too. Yeah, I, you know what? I think by this time he had stopped wearing it. Okay. This is like ninety-seven to ninety-nine. My friend in college would wear these kinds of hats, but by the year two, well, I figure if it was filmed the in ninety-nine, in 99 yeah, and they're you know. they're trying to depict him as cutting you know, edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like the writer has contempt for a guy like this. Like it, it feels like an older writer being like these kids, these rich kids. I hate him so much. Yeah. Boy. Making him, although he's the only one that gets that uh, does not get any comeuppance of any kind, so we can get no. That. The, the tree by him gets a lot of comeuppance, yes. but he does not get any himself. Um, uh, yeah. So, so where do we live? So, so that's Kinnear. Well, then, then the, there's the intrigue about his boss back home and uh, yeah. his, the, the boss's girl, <laughs> Tom Sizemore, who I couldn't tell was he on? Was he actually on set? <laughs> Because uh, they, they go out of their way to not show him. I think that's a stylistic choice. I think he might have been on set. Okay. 
you know, because they go way I back. I know he had his legal troubles over the years, so I kind of wonder, like, did he have to f- literally phone in the performance? No, this feels like him doing a favor for Stallone, because they, they, they know each other from uh, lockup, and you know, yeah. they go back a ways, and this, this feels like, you know, being in this movie, you can just be, a, you know, it, it's... I think it's deliberately trying to keep that character mysterious. I think they do the same thing in the original, right? You never see that guy. They're kind of talking in the beginning where there's a the scene where they're like looking at the slides of all the porn. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you see his face. I don't know if you see his face. I don't think you do. So I think I think it's a that's a deliberate but thing, yeah, he, keeping he, it, it mysterious. Yeah, but it's also the same thing that he doesn't want Jack in Seattle, which I'm assuming then he's the one who, you know, lent Brumby the money. I'm like, how is a guy in Vegas how, he See, oh, you I think there's a the connection there? See, yeah, because that's what it was in the original, so that's what I just assumed. Well, that's true, but I, I don't think this movie depicts any connection. I no, mean, I think it is, because I think Brumby taught the loan, because he, he has to He do, says Cyrus gave him that loan. Does he? Well, he does, but unclear if that's true. He may Well, because the, the reason that I didn't quite get it is that Brumby is the one who tries to use old Thorpey, you know, to give the plane ticket to go back home right. to get out from under the loan. So I assumed it was... Carter's boss back in Vegas saying, I, "You got to get this guy out of town." That's what it is in the original, but I don't, I don't know if that's indicated in, in okay. this version. I, I mean, I, it's, it's unclear because basically we we know that Brumby hired those guys, old Thorpey. He's not old in this movie. He's no, just he's just not, Thorpey. He's just smarmy Thorpey. <laughs> yes, um, um, and they do make the shattering of the window make way more sense in this movie. Yeah, that was he actually throws the guy through he the window. Picks, right, the guy doesn't get out head first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to close it on him. He just grabs him and puts him right through the window. Which is understandably makes way more so. sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we know that Brumby hired those guys and Brumby says, I only did it because the guy who lent me money wanted me to get you out of town to and would have you know, made the loan go away. And Jack's like, give me a name and he gives him Cyrus's name. But then the end of the movie reveals that Brumby was, was involved Leading, in... Yeah, he was leaving breadcrumbs to try and have Jack basically do the work for him. Sir, you're right. So, unclear if he was telling the truth. Maybe you're right that uh, it does connect back to Vegas, but... That's what I think, but whatever. Nothing I, I, is really... I mean, that, because it's, that's how it was in the original. In the end, none of it really matters because it's just trying to get to the change in the plot and you know what what really is it's not just about the future the future of porn and th- this change with doreen yeah i it's to make you know the revenge it's to make the revenge justifiable and it's such a terrible choice it's it's way heavier than this movie can i mean it, it just it just Should the movie be. collapses under the weight of yeah. it because it it and and because this movie doesn't know how to manage its tone, there are scenes dealing with this stuff. I mean, just you know, just to very briefly explain the difference. Because in the original, you know, Jack's niece slash maybe daughter. I don't think that's the case in this movie. No, they, no. Yep. I well, I I have something to talk about there, but okay. uh, we'll get to that. But in the original movie, she's underage, but willing, and not not that it makes it any better. Yeah. And that, I think that's the really galling thing is in this movie she's drugged and you know and and raped. I mean it's, it's not ambiguous at oh, all. That's point blank. And she was underage in the original, so why does this movie feel like to it go was eat, already yeah. terrible? Right. So I, why why, why it, I, it's and to me it was almost like that being underage wasn't enough, and that exactly that is crazy in and of itself. Exactly, you, you've you've put into words what I was trying yeah. to put into words. Exactly, yeah. it almost and especially you know everything that's come out in the last you know five years about Hollywood and certain people yeah. in Hollywood right. and and uh, and sexual assault allegations and stuff. I couldn't help but imagine 
some Hollywood executive reading a script and saying, this isn't so bad. She's underage, so what? Yeah, you gotta, gotta make, make this, this worse, worse. Yeah, because no. this this is not so bad. And it's like, yes, it's bad. Like, yeah, it feels like someone stepped in and said, you know, if we if we don't make it like this, people are gonna think it's not a big deal. And the and revenge isn't justified. Exactly, and which guy. is crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. So, it, it, th- I mean, that's what we alluded to. Ironically, despite the fact that it completely sands off the edges and takes kind of the darkness of Jack Carter away, yeah. it manages to go to a much worse and darker place. It's amazing. Yeah. And then, like we were talking about earlier, I think those two things are related where they felt like they had to justify why yeah. this relatively you know, decent person in, in this version of the movie yeah. is, is going to these extremes. Cause, you know, but... But the other thing is, you know, they have some very difficult conversations, especially the last kind of that, that scene on the roof, which of all the scenes that deals with this subject, I think it ha- the, the, it was written in a way that was relatively delicate. But it, but the tone of it, it's playing this like emotional, like, yeah, like it, sentimental it music and just just like, no, back off. This is very heavy subject. Don't try to make us feel anything or yeah, just don't it, try to like manipulate our emotions just like this is don't don't try to sentimentalize anything about this which is i think what this movie is doing yeah and i i have it later in my notes and my challenge was and it's it's you know maybe it's unfair but rachel lee cook was okay not necessarily great it was way too much time i'm like yeah and not just in that yeah not and not just in that scene just in general and you know, because for better or worse, the original movie was, I mean, it's titled Get Carter. It's supposed to really spend f- the majority of its time following Carter moving yeah. along. And it the movie gets bogged down yeah. with the amount of time that Rachel Lee Cook and Doreen has. And I can, I understand the choice because they made this choice to go this way. I think for all reasons, it was poor writing and a bad choice. They want it to be the first 40 minutes of Man on Fire. I, yeah, that that's a that's a good analogy. They want to depict this you know, connection between the two characters, and yeah. you know, you, to show how much that uh, he cares about her. And, yeah. you know, but you know, that's a good analogy. I hadn't thought about that. That's what they're trying to do, and that. But that's also like a far better movie example of. Well, no, that that's actually a really good example of a revenge story that I I'm totally involved and buy into, well, and, yeah. and want him to exact. You know, he- rain hellfire. Well, and also that the man on fire is smart enough to know get this stuff out of the way first before you start the thriller revenge story. Get the emotional part. You know, yeah. whereas, get people vested. Yeah, and get the, Creasy Bear vested. <laughs> yes, so that he unleashes hell. Whereas Get Carter starts off with this like detective investigation. He's trying to understand what happened to his brother. Then that kind of comes to a halt for a while while they do this, this you know, him uh, connecting Emotional, with his, with his yeah. niece. And then they start it back up. And then they start it back up again, and it's this, the gear shifts are just too extreme. I, I do think that those scenes... I mean, the movie collapses under the weight of those scenes, and I agree that they're all too long and that they're, they're out of a different movie. But I do think... I, I don't necessarily agree that uh, Rachel Lee Cook isn't up to the task. I think she's good in this, and I think the That's scenes fair. are good in a, in a vacuum. But, um, but they don't make sense in this movie. No, they don't. So anyway, and I, I, I thought Stallone was good in those scenes too. But it, I, it I just think my comment fit. that I written down that she has too much time was that it, it's more of not necessarily that there's anything bad with the performance. It's that it doesn't belong in this movie, and maybe it's because I'm comparing it to the original. But it's like no, for better or worse, it's to me it's supposed to be the detective story and him moving. We're getting bogged down in this. Yeah. 
And I understand why you gave more screen time, but it's, I'm going back to you made a poor choice of changing this in the first place. You know, what? I think it would have worked better if if uh, Jack got to a point where he decided that he was wrong and that his brother wasn't murdered. Right, he just hits a dead end, or he finds some evidence where it's like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just got drunk and yeah. crashed his car, and the investigation kind of stops. And then it's like, okay, well, now what? Now, uh, you know, I'm in town. I may as well reconnect with my niece or whatever. And then it becomes about that for a while. And then maybe she reveals, you know, says something offhand where he goes, what did you say? And realizes that, oh, I was wrong. And yeah, I can see that. Something like that where, because it does feel like we're just in a holding pattern for a while. It's like, what, you know. When are they getting to the fireworks factory? Yeah, yeah, it's like we're just, just kind of stopping for 10 minutes to deal with this stuff. And it's like, and it is just like a concentrated chunk of like three scenes in a row between the two of them. And it's not that the scenes are bad. It's just like, yeah, no. why, why are you're in the middle of an important investigation, Jack? Your brother's murdered, and you're you're both convinced. Both they talk, have conversations saying, "Yeah, we both agree that he was murdered." It's like, well, let's that, that seems important. Get back to it, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I well, got, eventually he does, and then Connie, John McGinley, and company make their way back from Las Vegas. They sure do. We skipped over Connie at the beginning. Boy, McGinley's going for it in this movie. Oh, he definitely... I mean, he made a choice, and he is going for it. Kind of on a ding-dong day. <laughs> as bad as that is, I kind of found it fun. No, I did too, but it, it's... It, it, it kind of... It feels like he pairs it back later in the movie. It's like, it this does. is too that, much too soon. That opening scene, I, I you know, in my notes, it was just over the top. Yeah, talk the about business overwhelming will the take movie. care of you. The business will take care oh. of you. The business will take care of you. Well, that's not his fault. That was the editor doing that. <laughs> I, I liked that. I, that was a nice touch. That was almost like a, a Spike Lee kind of a thing. He does that a lot in his movies where he'll like use three ver- different takes all yeah. in a row and just to emphasize it. And I was like, oh, this will be like a kind of like... Like get Carter in the style of a Spike Lee thriller, you know. Like that get that Carter didn't happen, in, yeah. right? It was no, there wasn't really much of this other than that, you know. Yeah, because Connie and Peter show up, uh, um, and there's this the fight in the elevator, and there was there was a little bit more of that stuff where like, yeah, because he's imagining, of, yeah, imagining. how it could play out, you know, scenarios. You're right. That boop. Connie is the only character that gets that treatment. <laughs> I was gonna say he brings like so, somehow the editor has decided that Connie is the character. Like he brings the experimental editing. It could be maybe because also the McGinley may have just given like so many different like you know yeah maybe. particularly the business will take care of you. Maybe he had so many different versions of it. He's like, well, all right, yeah, maybe I want to use some of these. That's clear. He had different versions. He was he was doing a different thing every take. It's clear. Yeah, the business. I mean, you can't even because over over a podcast, you can't you can't the, see the the gestures. <laughs> So take care of you. Yeah, but those guys, they justify a American car chase, and they are then done for the movie. Yeah, the second car chase in this movie, because we kind of skipped over the car chase with uh, Thorpey, which yeah. neither car chase is good. No. They're, they're very boring chases. Yeah, I, my, my second time through, I'm like, yep, all right, let's fast forward through this, because yeah, uh, there's nothing here. It's And this director, uh, Stephen Kay is his name, and he did not do much. He was mostly a TV director, and it's okay. like, you know what? Making an exciting, TV. yeah, it's like well, making an exciting car chase, especially in a realistic world like this. You know, they can't fast and furious it up and do all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be pretty grounded, and uh, you know, and I know it's tough, and I'm I'm sympathetic, but man, this is just 
one car driving and the other car driving. And that's part. I mean, they drive through a Christmas tree lot. This is a Christmas movie, <laughs> yes. apparently. If we'd known, we would have put this out at Christmas time. But I didn't know that. I did not know it either. But uh, it is because there's there's some Christmas music in the background and a few other hints that it's Christmas. Yeah, never acknowledged by any of the characters, but no. just it, the Christmas is happening in the background. Just to take our word. No for it. one hell of a day to spend Christmas line no, anywhere in this nothing movie. Nothing like that. I was waiting for something, someone to acknowledge. No one's acknowledging that it's Christmas time, you know, no. but uh, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, other than like cutting, driving through the Christmas tree lot, which is just like very brief moment where it kind of feels like the Blues Brothers where people are diving out of the way. And there was like, one guy I think that gets hit, actually. Does he? I, mean, yeah, I, I, I had it as a question for the body count, actually. Oh, well, I, I so. didn't even notice it, so yeah. you'll have to tell me. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah, two, two very boring car chases. There, there is a chicken moment, which is probably the only noteworthy yeah, and of course, Stallone wins the game of chicken, yes. and they wind up driving themselves into a stairwell, Almost. going down to a subway, I assume, or something. <laughs> I think it was like a, a like a basement, but maybe like it was a bar. Or yeah, yeah, that probably. I think you're right. Um, uh, you know, I had a question about those in the body count. So well, I got about. that question okay, too. Well, so you're we'll, the official adjudicator. We'll talk so. about that when we get to that segment. But um, yeah, it, it's almost exactly the scene from Last Action Hero. <laughs> the, the, All you the, needed is like gripping the steering wheel yeah, with the gloves instead of a instead of a. A, a garbage, uh, you know. A, a, how does the guy end up? Uh, he, he, he winds up in dynamite a, or something. Well, no, but he winds up flipping over into the dumpster, and then the Jack dumpster, yeah. lights his cigar with the dynamite, and then okay. chucks the dynamite in there yeah. and blows. So the instead guy of up. a dumpster, they end up in a stairwell. Yeah. But yeah, it, so uh, so th- they're then you know basically out of the movie, and it comes down to we've still got Cyrus and Kinnear to deal with. Yeah, I mean, there's still instead of uh, apparently. The rave parties in the movie Blade happen in Seattle in a fencing club, apparently. Is that a fencing club? I assume it was his yes. mansion. No, it is very clear it's a fencing club because when oh, they that said that, sense. when they said that, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, this is doesn't really make sense because these two guys probably shouldn't have these skills. But Mickey Rourke and Stallone clearly are going to have some sort of physical altercation. All right, it's at a fencing club. I naturally thought, I'm like, well, there's going to be swords involved in some way. No, not at all. Huh. Not at I, all. I would have I would have expected that also if I had known it was a fencing club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's gun remains on the wall. <laughs> Never used. Not used. And so on my list of annoy, uh, there are many things to be about annoyed about Jeremy Kinnear. He golfs and rents out a fencing club. What? Wh- who does this? Well, I thought this was his home, which is like, why? He just has like this, like... You know, a basement that's a dedicated rave basement with like lights and everything. But okay, I guess. <laughs> but even if so, does, does it make club. any more sense that a fencing club no, would have a setup for a rave? Neither makes sense. No. When I when I thought it was his house, I'm going like, he can't know all these people. And I and this, this question is moot now, so I was asking now. Is when I thought like, how many of these people in this house know who's who he is? Oh, or? but I I I would put to you, I think he's rented that club out or the yeah the fencing club out that's his party so theoretically those should all be his guests i don't think theoretically there's a lot of people there well that's not the kind of party where you send out invitations doesn't seem like it's just like people just show up and his uh bouncer his russian bouncer uh, decides that poor guy yeah yeah, non-fat milk guy (laughs) lactose intolerant (laughs) um anyway we just skipped over a little bit of stuff where there's there's Jack sees he's looking at the security footage. He sees there's a disc, and that yeah. that becomes the MacGuffin of the movie. Is where's this disc with, with the video? Of on. course, it's hidden in a cookie jar that Jack and his yeah, brother hid things in as a kid. That was so weak. That was the most obvious telegraph. As soon as he said that, we used to hide things in there as a kid. Anyway, it's like okay, 
Gee whiz, I wonder if that'll come back. It's like if 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 uh, um if um, I'm drawing a blank on the kid from Last Action Hero, what was his name? Danny Madigan. Danny, if Danny Madigan was here, it's like we need to look in this cookie jar right <laughs> now. Clearly, he's saying this for a reason. The bad guys are in there. Exactly. <laughs> the disc is at the bottom of the cookie right. jar. The disc is clearly in that cookie jar. And audience, bad guys, they trash that place looking for that disc, and the, this they cookie don't jar. Think to look in the cookie just jar. Smash everything. They smash everything but that cookie jar. It's if like nothing else. Take the cookie. <laughs> like sure. if you're there, you'd think you'd work yeah, up an appetite exactly trash right. in the place. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, anyway, yeah. Party and there's a fight and I didn't like it was so weird to me that there's a they fight Jack and Cyrus oh. fights Cyrus beats up Jack Jack kind of gets up goes down to the rave and then they fight again and Jack wins it's like why were the two fights it was a total it made no sense but why can, can I just tell you actually this just reminded me that the the cookie jar reminded me some of the trash in the place it reminds me of actually like, true romance. When they when they want to know like where Christian Slater has gone, and it actually the address is just sitting on the the fridge, it, and that's how they ultimately figure out where to go find him. It's kind of the same thing. It's like yes. you guys have been here trashing this place. It seems to have made sense that you would either get hungry and eat the cookies, or have also trashed the cookie jar and have some character just go, "Oh, yeah. here's what I was looking for this whole time." You would think. Clearly, Tarantino didn't write this yeah. script because that's what Tarantino would have done. It's, it's so it's so like galling because like there's this shower, everything is smashed except it's, that cookie jar. It's, it's like just... why? Of all, and it's a very smashable object. It's not like it's hidden in like a safe or something where they couldn't get into that. It's right there. <laughs> and again, I got to tell you, if I work up an appetite, I'm probably going for the cookies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, yeah, but he it, spares know, Kinnear for yeah. for some reason, uh, totally unexplained. Yeah. Makes no sense. And unjustified. I mean, it seems like he was the least involved of all of them, but certainly he was involved. Yes. At the very least, he was involved in the cover-up. He knew about the disc and was yeah. trying to get, you know, destroy the disc and trying to get rid of Jack, and he was, he's complicit. Why, why is he getting off without anything? Makes no sense. But you also, do you ever, I mean, this was another question, do you really get resolution what happened to Mickey Rourke, Cyrus? I assume he shot him. But you think so, with all those people around? I guess because yeah, he then just calmly goes upstairs and grabs Kinnear and says, "You got a car," and then just you know drive him with the lights off for a little while to to scare him. I can't imagine he's leaving him alive. I what, think, I think so too, but it's like, well, then why is that done off screen? At least have the sound if you don't want to show oh, Stallone I, doing it. I fully agree. Filmmaking wise, I think because they were so they wanted to soften things so much. Yeah, because they don't even show him throwing Eddie off of the yeah. roof. Oh yeah, it's edited in a super confusing way. Yeah, I mean it's it's clear he got thrown off the roof. It and, becomes clear. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know how much of this is Stallone trying to reinvent this image of just like I don't want to commit any violence on screen. It's all going to happen off screen. But yeah, pretty much every bit of violence except for the last one yeah, in the, in the parking garage, Brumby, because then well, because he had to kill the original Carter, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I really do think that was there. Like, well, let's just have Michael Caine die at the end again. <laughs> That's what people want to see. So yeah, in the end, you know, Brumby was. Sending him on a goose chase to to get the disc, and he gets it. And yeah. what's and funny, he says, twist. "I'll destroy the disc. You've taken care of everything else." I don't understand. If you wanted to destroy the disc, why don't you just snap it in half right there? You don't need right. to walk off with it. Yeah, I don't even know what he what he cares about. Nothing on that disc links it to him. It's not like he's got to destroy the evidence. No, I don't think <laughs> anything. It, why is he afraid of this disc? What is he worried about? I, don't know. I think what it comes down to is you're right. They just wanted to have him kill the original Carter, Michael Caine, is what it comes down to. And just have this twist ending. It's not even a twist. It's, it's totally meaningless. 
I mean, he he was kind of an ambiguous figure anyway. Of like, he was he was peripherally just a, involved. He was and, just a guy handling liquor in a bar. Yeah, right. This doesn't mean anything. It's not like this shocking thing of like, oh my god, I can't believe it was that guy. It's like I can believe it. I fully believe it. I mean, it's, it's not that surprising. It's not. It wasn't inevitable, but it also wasn't like impossible. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's nothing shocking about it. So. Agreed. All right, so that was pretty much the uh, the big picture, of the plot. You ready to uh, move on to technology? Let's move on to technology. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? All right, technology. So the segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology from the time it was filmed uh, would alter the plot or other uh, other points in the movie. Most of mine are not plot related. And, of course, the first one is going to be related to porn. Yes. Uh, it is very, very quaint that it's on a disc. It's, I mean, yes. <laughs> That's what, what I have. a joke. Well, it would probably be a flash drive now. I mean, right. the, the, the quote, the, the, the sound drop there says, it's, you know, it talks about the cloud. I don't think they're putting this in the cloud. They're, they're going to be very that, careful with this. That's probably not on the cloud, but just the quaintness of, like, pornography on a disc is just I laughable. Because yeah. you can go to the internet and literally, you if you can think of it, you can find it it's a cd also right it's not yes, even like any kind of like high-tech thing it's just no. a, they just burned it to a cd yes all right so actually the first one i had and again this doesn't change the plot point but there actually is a lot of smoking in this movie that's true and i said for sure with doreen those are e-cigarettes today and probably even for jack uh i don't believe that for jack he's too old to be you think? Th- smoking well, e-cigarettes there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people in their 40s and 50s that had moved to e-cigarettes i know those are on their way out now too but uh, only if they're trying to like cut down on like nicotine or whatever. Because like I know I know it's it's not healthy, but it's like there are certain things you get less of. I don't see Jack Carter giving a shit about you know. Yeah, you're probably he. Right. he well, I mean, he, it's not he's not like the original Jack Carter where he's just like you know this brutal guy. So maybe maybe, yeah, maybe. certainly I agree about her. Although yeah, nowadays they're so careful about depicting smoking oh, in movies, I'm not even time. sure they would have her smoke. Oh no, I think that would be gone completely. I'm just saying, if 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 Doreen today is an e-cigarette, without yeah, a doubt. In, if in the real world, she, yes. she's definitely smoking. Uh, so the second one I had in Brumbies, this it was she's, just, probably, she's probably vaping actually. Yeah, you, you're right. It's you're not probably. it's not even a cigarette. It's like a vape rig, yeah. like one of those things. You're right. Sorry, go ahead. I, it was just so quaint to have VHS security footage. Even oh, for yeah. 2000, I'm like, I'm not sure how much security footage. Well, this, Unless this is like, you know, the security guard in Knives Out. It's like, <laughs> I was just going to say literally like 80 years old. But I think it's a similar situation where it's like this security system was just set up a long time ago. Who knows how long no. this bar has been around? No, he said we've been up and running for five years. Brumby, okay, Brumby but, says but that. But 95. There aren't digital uh, security uh, okay. cameras. Maybe you're right. All right, you're probably that would be right the tail end. If, if, especially, well, I think that almost lends more credence because if you if you start up a bar in '95, you need security. Digital cameras aren't around, and then a couple years later, they become available. You're not gonna, you are you just spent your money. You're not gonna put it in a whole true. new system. It's like That's let me probably. get my money's worth out of this one before I upgrade. Well, it was definitely quaint because today, no, there's no VHS tapes. <laughs> well, especially Carter's. Pouring over this footage and just like, look that disc. Like, How can you see anything? Well, it's because he ripped a mirror. <laughs> That's true. Off yes. the wall <laughs> to zoom in. This. That's the other thing I said that was really fun. Because today you wouldn't need a mirror ripped off the wall. It would be digital, and you just yeah. zoom in on your computer. Well, but the fact that it's digital, at some point you run into like pixel density, so it might. Act, I, I, I mean, guess. It, that VHS footage is so blurry. It's not like it's like thirty-five millimeter film. <laughs> so yeah, I think he'd be better off digital. You know, using digital without footage. a doubt. That was the crazy thing to me. Is like, how did you see that disc? 
She passed him a disc. What? You, there's, it's you can't he see. Rip that mirror off the wall. I don't care how much you magnify that VHS footage. <laughs> All right, so I, I have one one last one. Do you have anything in, in technology? No, I just had the CD. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. And so, obviously, the internet is not as uh, fantastical. It wouldn't be portrayed as fantastically. <laughs> but what I had is is at the end of the movie, it was a perfect ending and also a perfect ending to the segment. Jack is not using a paper map today to find his way That's back true. to Las Vegas at the end of the movie. I just laughed and laughed. Why does he need a map at all to, to find his way back to Las Vegas? He thinks he's... <laughs> it's not that hard, actually. Apparently, he, he was perfectly happy to take a train to Seattle, but he's got to drive back in his, with his paper map. Well, he's got to circle it for the, for the benefit of the audience. He's like, here's where I'm going. In case I forget, I can look down at the map and remember where I'm going. But it also then will segue into one of my biggest questions, which is, why is he going back to Las Vegas in the first place? But we'll, we'll cover that in... in I, uh, I have a theory about that, so okay. good. I, think I, I, I may be able to answer your question, at least right. have a, a, a guess at an answer. All right, well, you ready for the little details? Let's do it. That Let's do cardboard it. headstone tipped over, the, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right, the little details, the segment of the show where we discuss minutiae that we found interesting or noteworthy. Yep. You want to lead us off? Yeah, I've got some stuff here. First of all, I want to talk about another appearance of Mark Boone Jr., one of my favorite bit part actors. Oh, what? Mark Boone Jr. is the guy at the beginning of the movie who uh, Stallone chases oh, down. Oh, I, I never know. So I just know him, the guy in Memento. Yes, that, the that's guy in the, Memento. That's the problem. Is you, we've talked about him. He was in Shade that yes, we covered recently. I just never remember the actor's name. He will forever be the hotel guy in Memento <laughs> because it's one of my favorite movies and the first time I ever saw him in it. That's, yeah, I think the first time I noticed him, too. He's also in Batman Begins. Batman so Begins, yeah. No the the Nolan connection, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but then I saw in the credits that uh, apparently the character he plays, even though he has like two lines or whatever, is his character's name is Jim Davis. And I'm going, the creator of Garfield is apparently... <laughs> In deep, yeah, into he's, he's in debt, you know, and all that, uh, all those Garfield uh, stuck to your car window, uh, you know, all that, all that money is dried up. Apparently, he's like crusty, actually, very much. <laughs> he so. took all his money he made. He did on Garfield and bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. I guess so. He's probably sold the rights of Gar- you know the Garfield rights to the mob. Yeah, that's the pay. That's what I think it is. He he did it, and he bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. That's why he's in so deep. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to call up Mark Boone Jr. since we talked about well, that's All right, so the first thing that I noticed in the little details is when this movie started, I, it was clear that, I th- that the tone was going to be different, and it wound up being that way, but it wasn't the tone I thought. Because the first few minutes with John McGinley, it felt like it was going to be a buddy comedy in some ways. Yeah, it is really... Uh... It is night and day from the the original. I mean, it, it's going to such lengths to like set up their dynamic and set up their their relationship. Just they have this very strange. It's it's so Kimosabi. <laughs> yes, Kimosabi. I mean, it feels like it feels like McGinley is just ad libbing. Oh, every I don't think any moment. of that was written. No, or at the very least, he's just like I am going to bring a- as much as I can to every single line. <laughs> I'm going to interpret the hell out of the script. What was it? Kind of kind of a lot of Bing Bang. What was kind of a lot of Ding Dong? I think <laughs> something like that. Well, it's like I, I couldn't remember if this was the the character's name in the original. It was, yeah. But um, yeah, I was just like, what is this? Because he kept he keeps calling himself different things. It's like you know, yeah, kind of on a ding dong. 
It doesn't say like the conster or anything like that, but it's, it's very much like the making copies guy. Yeah, he just he has all these little nicknames for himself, right? It's not for some yeah. somebody else. He gave it to himself. Well, but also I think the issue is it's not clear whether we're supposed to like this guy or not. Like I think he's supposed to be obnoxious and we're supposed to dislike him, but McGinley is kind of like <laughs> kind of makes it where you kind of like. Yeah, him. he's kind of like okay. I, you're like I, I wouldn't want to hang out with this, with this guy for long. But it'd be like, wow, that was a, I, I'm glad I met that guy. And then I'm glad half hour later I got, I got away. I've got a story to tell. Exactly. The guy you want to meet for a half hour and be like, wow, what a character. And then you get away. You know, you, you can only take so though, much. though, is that they actually also use him probably the right amount in this, too. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is that they make it seem like in that opening scene, at least to me, I'm like, this may be a completely different, that this may be like Lethal Weapon or something. Yeah, it's it's signaling to the audience that this is an important character. Look at look at how how noteworthy this character is. Remember this guy, and then he's just a, he's just <laughs> he's a, gone for like an hour, and then he's just a goon, and he comes back and tries to kill Stallone. He he didn't need to have any character. He didn't need to have any personality of any kind. Just he could have just been hired goons. Well, I mean. You have to know that he and uh, Carter have a prior relationship, but just one or two lines of dialogue. Give him a, a feature that you'll remember, you know, like you know, right. a mustache or something. Just something identifiable enough. You so go, when he okay. comes back, you, yeah. you know. Oh, who he I is. remember that guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does like set a tone that the movie totally abandons like, yeah. immediately. Yep. That's that's the problem with this whole movie. It's just bouncing around from tone to tone. Okay, I want to talk about the music in this movie because actually I think this might be the worst aspect of this of the movie is Ooh, the music. Okay. I, I can see that every it's single not strong, every, well, it's inappropriate in almost every scene. In every single scene, and uh, my, my note here was the the music of the funeral, which I don't know if you remember this song. I had to look up because I didn't remember the title of it. There was a '90s song. It was kind of a big hit. It was a one-hit wonder. Uh, and I didn't write down who it was by. I don't care. But it was a song called Standing Outside a Broken Phone Booth with Money in My Hand. And if I hum hum a little bit of it. I don't remember it. Was it was like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like. And it goes. This, this music in the funeral just sounded like that song to me. And I'm going like, what is this music? And it, it wasn't like. Oh, yeah. The funeral. You're right. I That. Does stick out of my head. Do you remember totally. the music from? Yeah, the, and yeah. It's, it's like the same. It all, it sounds very similar to me. It I'm makes like, no sense. You're right. I'm going like this sounds like that song from the '90s, but you know, and I, maybe it was an influence. Maybe they tried to get that song and they couldn't, couldn't afford, afford it or, it, or yeah. whatever. But I'm just like every scene. You know, we talked about the rooftop scene where I thought we had a very inappropriate music and just cloying and not not appropriate at all. I mean, sometimes they tr- they try to use the the original Get Carter theme from the '70s movie. Yeah, definitely with the credits they did. Yeah, the credits one is okay. The credits one, they basically just... They just it's a little it bit they, updated, but not much. It's not still, much, and they put them on a train. I mean, it, it basically sure. is just... That one's fine, because it's just basically... You know, they just re-recorded it. But there's, like, techno versions of that song, where they try to, like, remix it into, like, a techno thing, and it's just... Oh, man, I thought the music in this... Or the music in this movie was just terrible, so... I, I, That's I'm, all I really have to say. I the, the little bit that I do remember, it was it was not good and not appropriate, so I'm definitely with you on that. And so the there was tra- like, oh, the, 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 there's that like a sitar music in the party scene at the end of the fight, and it's just like really, oh, I it's like that. dance music with like a sitar playing. Every piece of music was just bizarre. <laughs> I don't remember the sitar, but I, it, it would be bizarre. All right, so the train is actually my next one. I, I just the the compare and contrast. 
You've got the British Jack Carter when he's on the train. He's reading Marlowe novels. American Jack, he's just smoking and tapping on the window. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did notice that. It's like, is there going to be an equivalent where he's doing, he has, he has yeah, no, he has no interest? Something. I don't know. I, you know, Tom Clancy, I don't know. Reading something, right? No. No interest. He's just smoking, tapping on the window, passing the time. He's just, you know, this Carter is just smoldering. He's just, I got no time for entertainment. Or bettering myself. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because you'd think it would be the opposite. Like, this guy seems much more, much, I don't want to say worldly, but more uh, in touch with, like, his emotions and yeah. with, like, more well-rounded as a person as opposed to just, like, the brutal killer that 70s Michael Caine yeah. guy is. You'd think, if anything, that, that, should, should be that guy should be doing nothing. He should never be reading anything. Right. It should I mean, have been not, not that Chandler is like high art. I mean, it's about a, a detective, and I'm sure 70s Carter identifies with him, and that's why he's reading it. But still, yeah, you'd think it would be the opposite. All right, so I have the, the word that uh, Michael Caine used that I couldn't remember before. And I, I, this scene actually made me laugh, like Michael Caine's performance, where he just volunteers to Carter, who's just you know, asking, you know, was he in, was my brother into something, blah, blah, blah. And Michael Caine goes, have you talked to Geraldine? And he goes, who's Geraldine? And then <laughs> Michael Caine's like, reaction where he realizes he's given something away, and he goes, ah, oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. I just found it to be a very funny reaction. It's, oh, crap. I shouldn't have said <laughs> it's Geraldine. Very, yes, yes, very similar. Um, no, but then he says, oh, she was... Oh, Christ. He, she, he says, she was his lady on the side. You know, his Emirata. <laughs> Wait, in, oh, in Amarata, in Amarata, like enamored, in Amarata. I've never heard. I, no, I, I was like, what, I, yeah, I was like, what's, never heard that before. What's that word? And I wrote it down, and then I wrote it down wrong because in Amarata. And then one one last thing about that scene is, um, it ends with him going like, because Jack's like, oh, I didn't know about Geraldine, whatever, and he's like, oh, it wasn't a big thing. Not many people knew about it. And I don't know if you were aware that it's, I know in the UK this is a big running joke with Michael Caine where. Everyone who does a Michael Caine impression, they say, not many people know that. Like, that's oh, like no, the, 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 the thing you say when you're doing an impression of Michael Caine. Is, you know, like, oh, you, you, can, you can fit a million Earths in the size of the sun, and not many people know that. You know, like, that's what you just give some kind of, like, piece of trivia. Yeah. I'm not going to do a Michael Caine impression. But um, so I wasn't sure if that was, like, a deliberate inside joke or not of him going, like, not many people knew about it. <laughs> I, like, oh, it's like a Michael Caine joke. That's funny. I, didn't, I did not know about that because the only thing. Not that, many people do. Yeah. No. <laughs> The size of a tangerine. <laughs> Sorry. What were, were, were I was just going to say that what I think of Michael Caine is not that. It's, it's the, the size, size of a tangerine. tangerine because of that damn YouTube video. I think it's it's more of a UK thing. Like, you know, people like to do impressions of him on talk shows. In the UK. Oh, man. All right. So my next one. I, so and it's going to get back to the fencing and golf. There, there's the line where Kinnear is trying to, you know, justify hiring Cyrus and yeah, you know, growing up, I didn't have things like golf and girls. How did those two go together? I know, that was a very strange pairing. But also, he doesn't say growing up. He says, like, in my position, by, sitting behind okay, a desk yeah, all right, day. Or whatever. Behind desk, that's what it was. You're right. Whatever it was. So I, I'm wrong on that, but I'm like, how, what screenwriter, who connected that? That that's what Silicon Valley, that, that's what, you know, nerdy up-and-comers, they're looking for golf and girls. Sorry, those two do not go together well, in that universe. It's not like he's on the golf course with, like, a girl on each arm, either. It's like, oh. you know, if, if, you, if these are the two things you really want, you'd want to combine, combine them. Combine them, why not? It's just get, get, you know, maximize your time. You're a busy man. I was really annoyed by that. I'm like, those two, those are not, those are incongruous. They do not go together. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, this whole character is so confused. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? Hold on. I want to. I want to cover this other one too. While I'm thinking about it, one one of my favorite moments because I know you're supposed to dislike him, and the perf- you know the performance is annoying. I love the moment when he's off the golf course after he drives drives Jack back to his car. You cut to him inside on the phone, and he's got his shoes off and his feet up on the table. And the security guard comes over <laughs> yeah. and tells him he can't have. That was awesome. That was I moment. love that moment of like how much of a loser he is that he just you know kind of meekly then puts his. Right. Feet. You're not really that big of a deal, are you? That it's worth a gazillion dollars. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm not that a- some rent a cop can intimidate you. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a rent a cop. I think he's like a he's he's this is a country club, right? Or yeah, but it was just like country club like security i don't think he's even security he's like some kind of mater d yeah. like sir please well, that makes it even worse then <laughs> okay he just meekly puts his feet back he doesn't down. want to get kicked out of the club he may have a lot of money but uh you know the club gets to decide he enjoys the golf and girls yeah How, i don't it's not clear if this character is actually worth as much as he claims or if he's this is a lot of puffery like no i i bought it i i bought that he he's worth the money yeah he's always talking about all the magazines i am on the cover of forbes, forbes. Yeah, Forbes. That's, that's and a- Newsweek in the same month. <laughs> yeah, oh, was it Newsweek? Okay. I think I think Newsweek was the choice. That seems like a strange for like a rich like technology guy. Yeah, it's Newsweek not like a, seems too broad. Uh, well, well, no, what I was going to say is I can understand like time. Like if you're trying to say you're like you know Bill Gates, right? That right. you're the time man of the year or something. Or in Forbes, obviously. Yeah, and Forbes makes sense. That one totally get. But you know, I I would have like Newsweek was an interesting choice. Yeah. Like he would have had to do something within the week to that was newsworthy enough to get him on the cover. So maybe, maybe something happened. Um, but yeah, I, I this this whole character, boy oh boy, I, I think this movie would have. It's it's such a weak link because it's it's such a essential villain. And boy, I, I think this movie makes the wrong decision in every single aspect of Kinnear's character from oh, yeah. from the casting to the way it's written to his ultimate fate to just. Everything. Everything is a portrait. I yeah. I agree. So what, well, what, speaking of which, uh, I, my next note is about. Uh, well, actually, it's not quite next. I'll have to loop back to something. But while we're talking about this, I think the reason why I wasn't sure how we were supposed to take him is is that moment where he threatens Jack, and he's just like, you know, why I like golf, Mister oh. Carter. <laughs> His metaphor about like <laughs> I hit the golf and it, I hit the ball and it just goes away. What is this metaphor? He's and he's trying. He's trying to threaten Jack. Like I can make you go away. It's the least credible threat. See, I, I I wasn't sure because he was following up on the talk about girls. So what I took it as is that he's saying he's basically he throws them away. Is that he uses them and throws them away? Is what oh, I took it as. I thought he was talking about Jack. Like I, I can see I can where make you might you go think away. It, but the reason why I don't think so is because it's absurd for him to in any way, shape, or form try and threaten Jack Carter. <laughs> and it absolutely was, which is why I thought he was trying to threaten. Him. No, so I took it as that it's trying to make him even more unlikable because he basically is he's admitting that he's a use that he uses Cyrus to find women for him that he he uses up and tosses away is okay. what I took it as is that I I hit the ball and it goes away and right. then I go back and I find it and I whack it again and it goes away. <laughs> I'm really enjoying your impression. I think I'm actually pretty good. <laughs> no, you're capturing his his bad American accent. Yes. It's ev- everything is over enunciated, especially the R's because that's what they do when they. <laughs> When you do a bad away. American accent, as you over enunciate the R's. So I, I do 
while I I like your idea of his metaphor because it's really absurd, I actually think it, his metaphor is for it's still okay. a, a dumb metaphor. It's a terrible. Well, clearly, it, we don't it's understand sh- what he's saying. It's shoehorning in golf. I don't know why they picked golf in the first place. No, it's not even like Seattle is known for golf or something. And it's not like young rich tech nerds are known Golfing for being into right. golf. Like it's, it's frisbee golf is more likely, <laughs> right? That's why I feel like it. It's, it feels Golf. like it feels like it was it was written by. <laughs> You're right. Some guy that he some, actually some liked older golf. guy who thinks like, well, he's rich. He must play golf. You know, it doesn't understand a young rich person and what their interests would it's be. It's not golf or fencing. No, actually, the fencing is more actually believable to me than golf is. Why? That doesn't seem believable to me. Because I think that seems like exclusive and abstract enough that to somebody in tech. That that would be like non-mainstream and kind of unique and oh, hip I mean, in a way. It's so old-fashioned that it's wrapped yes. back around I, okay. in an ironic way. I'm not saying, but that's more believable. Golf would be all the way down at the bottom of the list. Yeah, no way golf is believable. Golf seems so uncool to someone like that. <laughs> it's uncool to me. So it certainly <laughs> would be uncool to that guy. I mean, it would be one thing if it was shown to be like a status thing of like. He's with all these older, other rich people. Like, oh, I'm using my golf to to yeah. smooth with these these you know, old I'm money. Buying my way into old money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's not how it's depicted. I mean, it's that's, him that's and his shack, you know, effectively. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that that would be one thing. But it's just him and his dumb buddies. <laughs> I guess we should call security or whatever they say. Like, <laughs> I actually kind of laughed at that. I'll go get security. <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, another difference I wanted to highlight. And I think it's just because of how much I liked the UK Michael Caine version. The call between Jack and in this, it was um, Audrey instead of Anna, played yeah. by Gretchen Maul. Gretchen Maul. The, the difference between those phone calls. I know. I noted that also. <laughs> just night and day. And still, that's probably my, fa- my one of my favorite parts of the original. And Michael Caine's performance. He is chewing it up. Yeah. And- it up. I, do, I We forgot to predict. I mean, you jokingly predicted that Michael Caine would have in this movie would have a phone sex scene. I didn't think it was a did serious I? prediction. Yeah, he did. He said maybe it'll be, he'll have a phone sex. Let's we'll do it again. It would be kind of funny. I, I assumed that was a joking prediction, so I didn't write it down yeah. when we covered it. But um, um, you no, know, you're absolutely right that it's it's so different to the point where I question whether or not he was even sleeping with her because the dynamic was so <laughs> right. so not sexual. Oh, not at all. Yeah. I mean, at all. Yeah, at all. And and we're told that. Uh, I honestly, it's in my questions. Maybe we should talk about it now because it's just like, okay, Connie seems to have told the boss. Yeah, that it's going that, on. Right, but. Is it really conf- or did he just make it up? It's never confirmed. You know, Jack never confirms it, never says, yes, I admit it. He doesn't, but in the. She never says it. They never do, but the only reason I would say that, yes, it's there, and even outside of knowing from the original that it was, yeah. is that. You know, he tells Audrey to make a choice. So it's clear that they have a relationship. Well, they definitely have a relationship that they're keeping a secret. And almost certainly that's a sexual relationship. That's the reason. Almost certainly, but I don't think it's it's certain. I'm just saying. I can understand where you could say it. It's so. uh, It's left where it's not confirmed. Yeah. I mean, he does offer to like, let's run away or whatever he says. But then when she's like. I forget what she says. And he's just like, well, you should just get out of there. Regardless of what I do, you should get out of there. And it's almost. I don't think Jack from the seventies one would ever say that. Like, no. you go on without me, save no. yourself. But Britt Eklund, you're—I don't care. No, you're it's like, I, well, it's almost like if if I can't have you, no one can. It's yeah. almost like the the seventies Jack Carter's position. I, I whereas yes. this Jack Carter is so selfless. Like, you get out of there yeah. and disappear, save yourself. I, if I never I'll, see you again, right? I'll I'll deal with the consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, I, I want to back up a little bit to Cyrus's presentation of his business up in that uh, little room up in the bar. I did write down, I did some pausing to see, okay, what is on these screens that there's uh, very quick flashes of, of his porn empire. <laughs> Nothing really worth noting except for one thing that just made me laugh, and it's just... You know, just flashes of just like scantily clad and yeah. like, you know, nothing like, there's no nudity that, that I saw. Yeah. Intercut with like texting, like triple X, da da And then one, one of those just text screens, it's just like a, like a browser, and all it says is terrible teens, <laughs> <laughs> which is just so funny to me. Terrible teens. Not like, not naughty, terrible. These teens are terrible. They won't do their homework. They're terrible. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm actually thinking. <laughs> terrible teens is such but a funny... They steal your car and like drive right. it into the river. They're just bad Delinquents. People. Yeah, terrible teens is such a funny <laughs> thing. To Cyrus, is, you know, his empire probably is not that great. He, he, uh, it's probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just a description. Is, it's a description of the quality of the, the no content you're going to get. No way he is Jackie Treehorn in any no. way, shape, or form. No. I mean, uh, yeah, who knows? We don't get much of a glimpse of it. All right, so I want to go back to Connie because so in like before that chase sequence starts off, Connie literally fires and blows out Jack's window before he says anything like stop. You know, Connie is literally a shoot first and ask questions or yell commands later. Well, this is after they fought in the elevator, right? Yes, but he's not trying to uh, like... he just, oh, his job is to bring him back, you're saying? Yes! Yeah, and he okay. immediately just opens fire. Well, I think at that point he's like, well, clearly we can't beat him in a fight. It was two-on-one in that elevator, and they lost. They lost so it's badly. Like, we'll just shoot him. And- Pete got the worst of it, too, I think. Yeah, he did. Because and- even though Connie gets down and takes a couple of kicks, I mean, Pete just gets his feels like windpipe crushed. Yeah. Pete has a rough day. Uh, I mean, they both had a pretty rough day that day, but uh, I mean, Peter, <laughs> Pete, Peter, Pete's, Pete's kind of got a stupid hat too. Did you happen to notice Pete's got a dumb hat? I don't remember the hat. I do. I did note that uh, the two of them come in in matching leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> so those, that was they kind of adorable. Kinda, they kind of deserve what they're, they got. They're a team. Um, yeah, I mean, Pete doesn't even have a line. I don't think. So no, he doesn't. He's just there. He to, just takes the beating yeah, and just, drives. He's just there to be beaten. Yeah. <laughs> Um, does he drive? We don't get the thing like in the original where it's like, oh no, Peter's car. Well, no, he's the, he's the driver. Okay. He, the, you don't know if it's his car, but he's the driver because Connie's hanging out You're right, wildly yeah. firing at Jack out the window. Where are the Seattle police as that's going on? I have no idea. That's true. The only time the police show up is when the, the, the house, the family's house gets broken into and they, they investigate it briefly. The, the only, you hear sirens in the background as the car is wedged in the, oh. the stairwell, but they're not there. And Jack, of course, he, he gets off Scott free sure yeah you'd think at some point police would be snooping around just like you know i mean obviously it's not that kind of movie but um you know be making connections just like well you know this guy jack carter came into town and all this may have being thrown off you know four four story balconies yeah well the the, the actual deaths happen pretty quick it seems like that's all within like, a couple hours right. of each yeah. other but still there's stuff just car chases you know they cut the drive Home invasion yeah, that they're investigating but i'm saying i think the 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 first the thorpey car chase happens and then there's this home invasion and it's like you'd think the police would be like all this stuff is happening like around jack carter but yeah the original movie it's kind of depicted as like well this is a criminal world we don't go to the police ever yeah you know, well, that, that, and that seems, I guess, plausible and reasonable until the end. Where in, in this movie, nobody goes to the police, and there's it's more justified to go to the police. I mean, in both cases, it is. But like that guy, seventies Jack Carter, goes to the police. 
Yeah, and, and this he guy mails he ups- the evidence. Yeah, yeah, he mails the evidence, and upstanding Jack Carter you're right, you're not right. only not only doesn't go to the police, lets a criminal off the hook that lets him just live his life in his wealthy mansion yes. or his you know his uh, fencing club. I so I I I've got one more little detail I want to cover. What else have you got? Because it's a canary. Uh, okay, well I mean, we kind of talked about non-fat milk guy, but I just found that very funny. It, you want a great lot. <laughs> no, it's a frappuccino. Do you want a frappuccino? So do you do you think that was like because Starbucks was yes. starting to really become a thing? That was so they had to, to shoehorn that in. That was supposed to be a, a joke of like how lame and trendy this guy is, and then his, even his goon, <laughs> I make it with non-fat milk. Whatever he says, there's more Russian. I don't know. I was doing yeah. Arnold there. I use non-fat milk. I can't do anything but Arnold. I can't do a Russian accent right now. I don't know what's going on. Um. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, the video that Jack watches makes fast-forward VHS noises when he skips ahead. Which, Does it? Yeah. It goes, oh, I, miss- I mean, it might just be the sound playing or whatever, but it, I was just like, that just sounds like a VHS fast-forward noise. That may- I miss that. That's a good catch. Yeah. Matching leather jackets. I miss that, too. Okay. That is kind of cute. Why don't you go, because my last one is, it may be a, it All involves right. conversation. So All right. This ahead. one does not involve conversation. At, so as you get towards the end with Kinnear and you're at that, you first get Jack walking in. It's so bad and made me laugh so hard. I'm in the middle of a party here. <laughs> I know. I honestly, I like, that's a sound drop I kind of want. It, there's too much noise yeah, in the lot, background, but you know exactly. I mean, I went back and I was just dying. I'm in the middle of a party here. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we even know what that call is supposed to be? Is it related to the plot or is he just like on the phone with like a credit card company? Or something? <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I, I don't actually think it's in, in the in, in the plot. I think it's something along those lines that there's like <laughs> right. some issue and he's complaining some, about it. Some business issue probably. Yes. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a party here. <laughs> Well, he, that he is went like to the, the moment you just want to jack him in the face. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the character is so overplayed. You're obviously supposed to hate him, but it's like at some point, at some point, things go from hating the character to hating the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, this movie it crosses that line like eightfold yep. with that character. Anyway, all right. So that was my last one. What's your what's your last for the little details? Okay, something I noticed, and I think it's related to the sanding off of all the edges of Jack's okay. character. Right. Was. We didn't really talk about Eddie because uh, Eddie, he, he's the guy in the video and he's the first one that Jack kills for obvious reasons because, uh, yeah, it's, it's the toughest part. But Eddie, Eddie yeah, he's, he gets thrown off of a four-story balcony, right? Yep. And before he throws him off, Jack has a line where he's like, she was my brother's daughter. She was my family. And then, you know, how, how would you feel if it was your daughter? And that line is on the back of Stallone's head. And you can tell it was dubbed as ADR'd. Okay. I think this movie had the subplot where it was his daughter and they cut it out. Oh. When they filmed it, he said she was my daughter or it was more ambiguous at the very least. And then they went in and ADR, she, she was my brother's daughter. It's very clearly ADR. So it was I something can, I noticed. I'm just like, I wonder I can if they see actually that, wrote he, it the way that the original was. But here's the thing, though, is that, and maybe it's just cut scenes, but you don't get any hints anywhere else. No. At all. Well, there's one moment where he and his brother's uh, widow are talking, and it's like, she says something to the effect of, like, well, you can't, you have no place here, you can't be a father to, what are, what's her name, you can't be my Doreen, man, yeah. Doreen. She says, you can't be my man. And it's like, why would she say that? Unless I guess there's maybe. some kind of history. But, see, to me, though, the, the few interactions that they have throughout the rest of the movie, there seems to be no connection between oh, no. those two. But there's no connection between him and, and Gretchen Maul, who we know they're sleeping together. At least we're told. That's true. I still have my doubts. But again, if there's no chemistry, there's no, like, 
spark or any kind of like that's fair yeah so i think it may just be you know they maybe they they did change it I, unless you're sharon stone stallone is not very good at uh depicting sexual chemistry <laughs> i think that might be part of it uh the specialist yes i wonder actually how much of it is i think when the specialist was made he was in between marriages and i wonder if how much of that is like when he's married, he feels uncomfortable. I can, see, I can a, see that. I, I, I wonder. Yeah, because this is 2000, so it was clearly well after The Specialist, so it's yeah. not like he had complete issues. And we don't get into, you know, we didn't get into uh, Schwarzenegger's personal life. We don't get into, we don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about Stallone's personal life particularly. Yeah. Um, but maybe it does Im- but I, influence it, his choices. It occurs to me, because I know like in the late 90s, he married his now, his, who is now, his, still his wife, you gotcha. know, of like, well, we're 20 something years now. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's the, the, the factor. Of it life. could be. Um, or maybe it's just Sharon Stone. Maybe, I mean, that's a very good reason. That's very plausible. Um, <laughs> All right. I was going to say, at the very least, in, in his case, it seems like a reluctance to be the romantic lead in a movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like Rocky is romantic, but it's it's, it's more yeah, it's different. Um, whereas in, Ar- in Arnold's case, he tried his best to be a romantic lead. He had no chemistry with most of his leading ladies, but I think that's mostly just, he's just, it's it not his skill set. No, not at all. Um, anyway, so I'm done. All right, you ready for the devil's advocate? Let's do it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. All right, the devil's advocate segment of the show where we ask each other questions that we would like answered uh, that we came up with as we were watching the movie. You want to lead off? I will lead off, sure. And this has to do with the ending, and once you know the ending looking at the beginning of the movie and trying to understand what is going on. So All right. basically my question is if Brumby Michael Caine was involved in this whole thing and wanted this disc disc back or wanted the disc destroyed. Yeah. Actually, now that I think it through, I think I do know the answer, but I was oh. going to say, why would he let him, why would he let Jack look at the security footage? But I guess he does kind of explain it at the end. Yeah. Cause he, I, well, my answer was going to be is what he says is that he, he didn't know where it was. And he thought if he can, Get the dominoes started. That Jack would do most of the legwork. For yeah, I, as I was asking the question, I remembered like, oh yeah, he does kind of say that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's basically he was trying to get some. He he couldn't find it on his own, and he figured, well, maybe Jack will do most of the legwork. I guess me. it's not a question. It's just it's it's me having a hard time accepting that as an answer. <laughs> it's really it's really what the thing is. It's just like that doesn't make sense. Like again, he, I don't see any reason why he would feel the need to track down the disc and destroy it, given the fact that there's no real connection between him okay. and, and yeah, it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, my first question is moot then. All right. Well, here's my first one. All right. So Connie keeps saying, like in the scenes we get him on, that he's covering for Jack. Yeah. What is he covering for? Is is he just going around doing Jack's collections? What is Connie? I mean, Jack one isn't gone that long. No. He's he's really only gone a couple days. So what? I've I've been covering for you, Jack. What is Connie actually doing for Jack? I assumed he meant that he knows about Jack and Gretchen Maul, whatever her character's name is, and and that's what he means by covering. Like I'm covering up your misdeeds, and that's what I wondered. But my follow up is is like, how many people? Who who's really asking about this over a two day period that he's covering for Jack? Well, the boss clearly wants Jack back. He does, but I don't think it's because of Gretchen Maul. But, but no, I, no, I, I hear you. I mean, eventually it is. Does he continue to say he's covering for him after there's that scene where they talk on the phone, like he and the boss are like, I need you back here. What are you doing? And I, no, at that point, then I think that's when Connie is on his way up to Vegas. So no, I don't think you get any more of the, okay, I've been covering well, for you. So maybe, maybe he's you're covering right. just, he's, hey, where's Jack? Oh, I, I saw him an hour ago and I'll, I'll try and find him. You know, just like making up lies about 
Yeah. Jack still being no, in that, town. That, that, I, I think that's a good answer. All right. I, I, who knows? Yep. I didn't really think about I it. I think you got it. All right. What's next? All right. We skipped over. There's a brief fight in a kitchen after Jack oh, talks yeah. to Cyrus and learns about his uh, new enterprise. Is your question, why is there a kitchen in this internet porn cafe? Well, no, I think this is like a bar slash, uh, okay. uh, you know, that serves food. It okay. seemed like a pretty big kitchen for uh, the the kitchen did seem bigger than the bar. Now that you mentioned it, but maybe there's other, you know, we know there's the upstairs porn cafe, so maybe there's you know a basement. I, by the way, that's like my on. commentary. I don't actually know if it's a porn cafe. It but. Ca- I mean, it was depicted in that way where everybody up there is looking at porn or you know some some weird bar version of porn. Like I said, it seemed like the games at the end of the bar. <laughs> You know, you get you, you maybe get, somebody. You a get, few you, were getting stock quotes, but most are there for the porn. You get the three of a kind, and you know, you get to see the, the girl take her top off, the little cartoon girl. Leisure suit, Larry. No, it's, it's not even like leisure suit, Larry. I, you, I you know, know, I mean, you don't drink, so maybe. Yeah, but I know, I know what you're talking about. There's yes. a, there's a lot of bars that have one at the end of the bar. Yeah. All right. So what? Sorry. What's your actual question? Um, my question about is, the kitchen. Who is this guy? He fights in this kitchen. Who sent him? Why does Jack not question him to say who sent you? <laughs> He just okay. fights a guy like uh, just no, just an arbitrary random fight. It is all true. So the answer to the first question is: I have to assume that this is Cyrus's internet porn cafe. He's too busy and doesn't want to go give Jack a beatdown. I didn't assume that Cyrus owned this cafe. I thought he was just like operating out of it. Out of it. <laughs> All right. You may be right. Maybe I'm jumping to a conclusion, but I, you know, his burgeoning business, sure. I, I made the leap that he owns the cafe. Sure. So I don't understand why he has muscle hanging around, but I did assume he sent him. Now, to your point, how Jack is just willing to just get into a fight with this guy, ask no questions, I have no answer for that. Yeah, this whole thing is supposed to be an investigation, and just, you, you've been attacked in the kitchen. Why did you attack me? Who are you? Who sent you? I do love the moment, too, after he's given the beatdown. He just pulls, like, a, a, a pan of, like, muffins or something to add insult to injury. <laughs> right. But it doesn't really actually hit the guy. It just wastes a bunch of good-looking muffins. Well, you got to make the fight seem more... If so, the next person who comes in, he wants them to be like, wow, that was a pretty serious fight. Look at all the destruction. and Stuff's been toppled over. <laughs> Maybe you know, right. it's, it's more for the crime scene afterwards. Okay. Um, yeah, it, well, it, he just make a comment like, it's good to be back or whatever. It's like, you know... Nothing. He just walks out. Yeah, anyway. All right, so my next one... I, actually, I do have a note. Oh, uh, speaking right. of the specialist, uh, just to, fi- to finish up that, that scene, it did remind me of the... Remember the bus scene in the specialist where just random scenery beats a bunch of people on the bus? <laughs> That's what that kitchen scene reminded me of. Sorry, I just needed a... It is spot on. I remember making a huge deal of that fight scene because it made no sense. Fight for no reason. It, well, because it was like somebody didn't want to give up a seat or, you know, like right. bullies on the bus. It literally was, oh, I haven't really beaten anybody up in this movie, <laughs> so I need to beat somebody up. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt. I mean, this movie didn't feel as much like an action movie, so it's like you didn't need this action. Oh. You did, it's not like you need a fight every 10 minutes, right. but yeah, it's kind of how it feels. All right, so my question to you is, we get from when Jack leaves Kinnear's office, you get on the name of the company is Mindfield Software. Oh, I missed that. So my question to you is, what kind of software do you think Mind... Well, actually, it just says Mindfield, and I'm making the assumption, right? He says it's a software company because it's Microsoft, whatever. Yeah. So my question is, what kind of software do you think Mindfield develops that he's made this gazillion dollars in? First of all, speaking, you know, as, you know, we are an extension of the Bad Puns and Machines Gun podcast. That is an excellent pun, and I will give him credit for Mindfield. I like that. It's a good pun. <laughs> okay. Good job, Kinnear. Um, Mindfield, if it was now, 
I mean, there's no, there was no phones and no apps back then. Mindfield right. sounds to me like one of these brain training apps where it's like, okay, keep your mind sharp. It's quizzes and puzzles and things. But do you think he would have been able to make as much money? A, no. ga- a gazillion dollars. You don't make a gazillion dollars from from mind training apps. No, it's <laughs> kind of it, basically Sudoku. <laughs> well, he says it, it's got to be some kind of internet service provider because he says he set. He set uh, Cyrus, Cyrus up, up on the with the inter- as if he. I mean, I guess you know, depending on the bandwidth he's using, maybe he needs to. <laughs> maybe he does need a, a, con- a connection to have enough bandwidth, you know. But it's like it's even at the time you could just register a website very easily in two thousand. You know, the, <laughs> like have a connection. You don't have to know the owner of a gazillion dollar company. It's true, but do you think Cyrus would actually know what to do? <laughs> no, but what? It only just now occurs to me that that's probably why it's set in Seattle is because that's where this guy would be. Is why where yeah. Kinnear would be. Well, it's, I only mean, now is it occurring to me that that's why it's set in Seattle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no. I mean that that it was it was annoying. See, I think the other way. I think for whatever reason, I don't know if it was cheap to film there. They picked Seattle, and then it's determined. Oh, because of you know Microsoft and yeah. even Amazon to an extent, but it was really Microsoft. No, it feels more like a, a Microsoft. Yeah, standard. and so it's like, well, we're going to make, you know, like you do today that even Lex Luthor, you go and cast, who played Mark Zuckerberg in the social network, right? You Everything has to be a social media, sure. you know, a bazillionaire as, as the, the villain these days. It, it felt like, oh, we're going to do it in Seattle, so... Kinnear isn't going to be a mobster. He's going to be a software, you know, millionaire. Yeah, but this was also at the time of the dot-com boom, so yeah. maybe, maybe that's... That's what I'm saying. Amazon also, there could be shades of Amazon in there. Sure, but that they survived the dot-com boom. This almost makes this almost feels like one of those companies that was just entirely on paper. And oh, not, and it was all investor capital? Yeah. He's just, he actually isn't actually making a gazillion dollars. He's just burning through venture capital yeah. is what you're I, suggesting. You know, and that's kind of how it feels. So, yeah, I, I could see... Actually, you know what? That makes sense with the golf right. and all this crap. He's spending it while he's got it. He knows it's going to run out. I like that idea, actually, now thinking this out loud, that actually he's like the pets.com. Yeah. And go back to really his company is what you originally said minefield is actually just some some game that you go to like sharpen your mind and then there's so many right. copycats he eventually burns through all the investor capital and he's broke right. within what's like your, a year what's your revenue stream what's your business model uh, it's, uh, it's good <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, right. bet, I'll bet even though it, it seems like this guy got off scot-free and didn't you know, it, it wasn't even he, it wasn't he, even shamed in the public. Like no, nothing got it out. It doesn't matter. He burns through all the VC capital yeah, and in a year. He's out on say, the street. This mind, what is it? Minefield. Mind I, I almost said mind freak. That's uh, that's the Chris Angel. Yes, mind freak. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, in three years for sure, this company no longer exists. All right. So thank you for I I, I accept an answer. I like that on right. Minefield. All right. What what do you got next? All right. I want to talk about Thorpey and the car chase between Thorpey and uh, Jack. Because Jack right. ends up driving Thorpey's car or the car that he was he was brought in. He's in the back. Yes. After he throws the guy through the window. Um, Thorpey steals. Thorpey steals a car. He, a Volvo. Yeah. Does he hotwire this Volvo? He just were there keys in the Volvo? How does so he steal I, this Volvo? I. It doesn't make sense. But what I what I think the explanation is, he first tries Jack's car, which is great because Jack apparently has gotten out and set the alarm. Because oh, I didn't notice rear, 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 when Thorpey tries to steal Jack's car. I remember this, but I didn't, I didn't notice it was Jack's car. It I, is. I remember it's him Jack's trying car. a different car. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Jack's just, car. Jack locked it and set the alarm. Yeah. 
So he then goes to the Volvo, which is the next car. The door opens, so it's not locked. It is not locked. So then it makes even less sense that the keys would actually... Not only is it unlocked, but the keys are in it, but I think there was not enough time for him to hotwire that car. The keys were absolutely in that car. In the ignition. I was going to say, it must be in the ignition because it was so fast. And also, Thorpey doesn't seem the least bit surprised. Like, whoa, hey. I mean, what a gamble. Like, His plan was to get in a car and hope that the keys were in it. (laughs) Because if not, Jack is literally... Two cars yes. behind you. Your head will be in that, through that car's window <laughs> because you are in the exact spot for him to do that again. You've just seen what he did to somebody with your car. Yeah, I mean, what what a stroke of luck! That guy should play the lottery. He absolutely. You know, he should. he he survived his encounter with Jack. He he. He miraculously found these keys in this car, including then right to a gas station. he wrecks it after this chase. And I mean, I was so annoyed. An airbag gag? Oh, I, uh, forget, I forgot about that. Uh, it's right at a naked gun. It, <laughs> it is. And we've seen this a few times now. I don't remember what the last movie is that we did it, but I was annoyed. But I'm like, this is so dumb. Right. Why does this trope exist? The delayed uh, yes. airbag? Like, I, it's not I good. Get, I get that it's, it's, it's purely like comic timing. Like, it's just... It's a, it's a vehicle, no pun intended. It's a vehicle for comic timing of just like thing happens, pause, unexpected thing. You know, like you can basically do do that structure like with any kind of physical yeah. comedy, right? Like a, a pie could come in from the side of the screen and hit him in the face. It would be it's surprising, and it's the only reason why it's funny is because it's you know after a comic beat, a surprising thing happens. But yeah, I don't I don't know where this trope comes from. I, has there ever been an airbag that has done this where it's like? crash happens and then eight seconds later i'm gonna guess it deploys in a comical fashion but i guess maybe not not often all right so my next one all right it has to do with my my boys connie and peter okay so connie and peter as you said take an absolute beat down from jack they are in a heap on the elevator right yeah what i understand is when they come to jack then goes to his hotel room and has this conversation with doreen why are Connie and Jack, or Connie and Peter, literally not just after they come to, just wait right outside Jack's door and give him a savage beating? Well, it's so strange that he went to his room. He, that's when he goes up to the roof, right? So, yeah, he goes up to the roof and you have that. That's what they, don't, they don't know he's up there. They didn't have a pretty good idea where he went. Well, when they, were probably out, they were knocked out for a while. They come to, like, they look at their watch, like, oh, geez, we've been knocked out for like 45 minutes. He's clearly gone by now. All right. They, they, they just assume. I'll accept it, but I, if it's me, I'm going and I'm hanging right outside that hotel room and I'm ready to give Jack a surprise <laughs> beat now when he comes out the door. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sequence of events doesn't make I, a lot you, of sense. You could probably re edit this movie to, to have things make more sense where, I mean, he's on the scene on the rooftop, he's got his bruises, so you can't cut around that. Yeah. But that scene probably should have happened first. And then on his way down, they're there, and it's like, oh, now you know, like that. That seems more suspenseful. Yeah, I agree. I, All right. Anyway, yeah. I got a couple more. How many you got? Uh, I only have one more. Oh, the right. of these we we talked about. All right, I got two more. So you, uh, well, I'll do. Go for it. All right. So when Geraldine calls Jack and he's she's coming clean. Is this your next? This right. is my next question. Okay. Well then. Uh, all right. Well then, why don't you ask it and then I'll use my last one, which is a different one. So you. Well, you it go. just it seemed unprompted. Uh, my question is why now and what is her motivation for coming clean? Okay. Well, I have a follow up to it. I don't. I don't have a good answer of why now and why she's coming clean. Let Let me see if I can think it through here. Because <sighs> he he has found the disc now. So he does she know that he found the disc? I don't see how. That was the only thing I could think of. Just like if she knows that he found it, and she she knows that he knows everything, and she knows that he she was on this video. Well, here's the thing. So she she calls him frantically and says, you know, comes clean, but then says, 
I don't remember if she says Cyrus is... She says he's on his way over here, and then Jack eventually, um, you know, finds her, and, you know, it looks like she's OD'd, but right. it, it clearly somebody's killed her. So, another another softening of Jack's character from the original movie, where Jack himself is yes. the one doing the OD, and yes. here he's now. But, okay, but hold on. So, what my question actually was, was a follow-on to, she says, I didn't know who else to call. He's coming over, I didn't know who else to call. Call the police! I know. That's my, my question. Why doesn't she call the police? Yeah. Why is she calling Jack? That's a very valid question. But to answer so what my answer to your question is, I think the reason she's coming clean is because Cyrus, I'm assuming it's Cyrus, yeah. has called a threatener and he's coming over to, to basically do what Jack does in the original movie. Who else could it be? It's, yeah. not, it's not Kinnear. No. It's not Michael Caine. So what I would say then is the reason why she's coming clean is because she thinks her days are numbered and she wants to clear her conscience. But what I don't understand in my follow-up is don't call Jack, call the police. Hans Gruber knows it. Call the police. Um, you wanted miracles? I'll give you the FBI. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, maybe she thinks that Jack can get there faster, that the police won't get there in time or something. I, I'm playing devil's yeah, advocate. You but, are uh, playing it, but it's weak. because no, it's, it's very it's weak. Hard, yeah, it's hard to answer it. All right. This is a world where the police don't exist, basically. But no, I mean, it makes they, more sense. They, in, they, Jack is able to, How does he confront Brumby? Because it should be every cop in Seattle should be looking for Jack Carter. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It makes more sense in the original because literally everybody, every character is tied right. into organized crime. Yeah. She is one of the stars of uh, these 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 porns, and that's about it, right? And she she sleeps with with uh, Kinnear. Yep, that's it. But she's not unlike the original, where that you know, the, like you said, characters are combined. Yeah, the, the com- combination is what makes them problematic. But whatever, what? Yeah, that's yes. But the 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 one I think she's mostly the the character who in the original was kind of recruiting. Yes. And much more culpable, you know, and much yeah, she, she's, much less she's of clearly an the, Yeah, the one that's in that Kinnear's poker game, having that yes. conversation. That is definitely what Geraldine is the majority of. Majority of, yeah. yeah. And uh, so in that movie, we don't mind that she has been killed, whereas here she's mostly sympathetic. And yet we, it's not clear how much, because she's there when uh, um, Jack's niece is drugged and yep. presumably knows all those details and was, was there. So yeah, that's what makes it problematic is because she's being depicted as basically a victim, but she's not, she's not. Yeah. yeah. And, and just glossing over that stuff and not, not wanting to deal with it. And also, like you said, why not go to the police? It, it doesn't make sense because she is not as certainly not as hooked in. Yeah. She may have been involved in covering oh, things up, but she's not as she wasn't culpable. She may not have been culpable she, ahead of time. She definitely now I can understand not wanting to involve the police if she was even more involved like premeditated, but I right. I think for for right or wrong, she has more of a defense at least if yes. you know if there's a that she shouldn't be completely afraid of police involvement cuz she probably has for, whether or not it sticks, yeah. she can probably put up way more of a defense than anybody else that's involved. Yeah, whereas in the original movie, I mean, a, she, she doesn't have a chance to go to the police, I, no. don't, I don't think. In the original no, because Jack just yeah, Jack puts her up. in that trunk. First he roughs her up, and then he puts her in that trunk. Right. And, and then uh, Cyrus's equivalent thinks, oh, I'm going to get Jack and push his car yeah. into the river. Well, right. no. Jack just stands there, thanks, you did me a favor, buddy. But you would, it would make sense if that character had been in this situation, it would make sense why she wouldn't go to the police because yeah. she's she on was, the hook for everything. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Alright, so here's my, here's my last one. So, by the end, Jack Carter has to be very clearly wanted for multiple murders. Yeah. And what I can tell his plan is, he shaves off his facial hair, 
And his plan is to head back to Las Vegas where both the police and organized crime are looking for him. Sure. Is that, is that the plan? What in the world is this Jack Carter doing? I think the idea is he's going to go rescue Gretchen Maul. I think it's what this movie wants us to believe. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Who, okay, then my follow-up question is, not well, no, two. Is this the dumbest plan that has oh, ever been? For sure. Okay. And then my question is, who gets to Jack first? Organized crime or the police? It's hard to get a sense of the size of this operation. I mean, presumably it'd be pretty big because they run a casino yeah. in Vegas. So I'm, I, I can't imagine the instant he sets foot in town, his boss will know about it and he will be, he will be in big trouble. So I, I, yeah, I, think, I think the mob, uh, he's got to worry about the mob more okay, than the police. But this is an incredibly stupid plan, right? Of course. Okay. Well, we don't even know his plan. His plan is to circle it on the map. <laughs> That's the extent of what we know about his plan. I don't know what his plan is. I, and, and I'm assuming that that's what the movie is telling us, but I don't know. Why else would he go back to Vegas? He has no reason to go back to Vegas other than her, so that's why I assumed that. So stupid. It is. Well, also, A, if you, may, if you get the tone right, that seems like a better movie. You know, it's almost like this, like, uh, um, it's almost mythic of just, like, the girl that I love is, is, being, is being held captive by, you know, the mob, but it's almost like the hero, you know, charging the castle, like a medieval, you know, you could do a... a, a a movie like that where it's a little more stylized. Um, that seems like a much more interesting movie than this movie. Um, but anyway, I was going to, I had a second point. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot what that was. All right. Well, I think you mostly answer, which is it's an, incre- yes, that was the plan. And it's incredibly stupid. It's, it's unexplained. Like have him say something. What are you going to do now? Have her say, what are you going to do now? Oh, I got someone I got. I got go a map. See. So <laughs> well, it just could have been an offhanded comment of just like, you know, I got a girl I need to go help or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something to do it in a way where it's clear why he's what going his intention is. Yeah. Or, right. or, or maybe a line that makes it so that he, he believes it's probably futile. I got to, I got to try, you know, right. I, I may, I maybe I'm going to and my Especially dad. since, I mean, in the original, right. I mean, it wound up being a suicide mission, right. right? And he went on. So fine. Just set it up where it's off, off yeah. camera that he dies. Yeah. There's some pathos there. Yeah. There's some real like emotion of just like, you know, I will almost certainly will yeah. go to my death. It, it, right. But, but I, I, I can't live with myself if I don't try, yeah. you know, Hey, that's there. There's more emotion just in this notion that we've come up between the two of us than, yeah. than you know, what you get. Anything that he does. All right. All right, you ready, for, you ready for the Silk Kozar Corner? Uh, let's move on. Both of y'all! Yes, y'all! Go back to see what! This is the Silk Kozar Internet Research Corner where I take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia where which uh, I was curious about where the movie sparked my interest named in honor of Silk Kozar, the actor from Eraser. All right. So... You have, I'm sure you've noticed that a couple times last season I, I have neglected to do this segment, and it's it's a bummer when that happens. So I'm going to propose a slight change to this segment because let's face it, sometimes my interest is not peaked. <laughs> so the slight change to the segment that I'm going to suggest is you come into the segment and predict: Did Kevin do it? Yes or no? <laughs> so at the very least, when I don't do it, it'll be less of a bummer because you can at least have a victory. Okay, so I. I'm actually, he, I'll go a step further on this one. I'm going to predict that you did, and you spent some time on researching the early days of internet pornography. <laughs> Boy. I don't think I had, I had it in me to do that. No. Okay. Well, was uh, I right? Did, did you do the Silk Kozar Corner? No, I didn't do anything. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. 
Move on to the body count. This movie, we only killed 48 people. We did the last one where we killed 119. But see, now it's fun. I didn't do it, but it's less of a bummer because now we, <laughs> we can just make a joke of it. All right, so the body count, the segment of the show of really why we're here to determine the highest body count in movie history. Yeah, so we've got some questions to deal with. We do. This, this has a little bit of devil's advocate mixed in, so let's, let's get to them. What's, what's the first one we need to settle? Well, I have the... the I, Cyrus? Dead or alive? Yeah, Cyrus we've got to deal with. I think he's dead. I, can I can't s- imagine he would leave him alive. I can see that. The only concern I have is there are really a lot of people around, and he is literally, it is Stallone within like six inches of Mickey Rourke's face. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're right. But, I mean, but I, Cyrus I can, says, like, you can't kill me, you know, with all these, with all these people, people around. around. But I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to buy your argument that there's no way that he made the same mistake that Cyrus did of leaving him behind. But at the same time, our rules gener- generally are... You're supposed to see it, yeah. Well, see it or just some kind of confirmation. Expl- right, explained off screen. Unconfirmed, we generally don't yeah. count. So, but it's, I think the only reason why I counted it in my counts is because I can't, the story doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, he killed Eddie, and yes, Eddie... But he didn't kill Kinnear, but I, I understand your point. I would probably lean towards yes. Well, he makes a... And yeah, the fact that he makes a point to say, I'm sparing you, Kinnear, yeah. as the exception... To make it... Right, to, to seem like... Yeah. He, he's the one leaving... Being left behind to tell the story, so I, sure. I can see that. Mickey and Mallory Knox did it. Uh... <laughs> So the question then is, all right, Connie and Peter. Connie and Peter. Did they make it? That crash was very mild, but also they never come back. You'd think if they survived, they would show up again and try to kill him again or take him back to Vegas again. Yeah, but I also think there's not enough time, and the police are on their way, and there has been shots fired on the streets of Seattle. Oh, so so you think they got arrested? I think they get arrested, because you're right. It's, it's a serious crash. In the real world, it actually is a serious crash. In the Jack Slater world of crashes, it's pretty mild. Even in the real world, the, I think those are two healthy, you know, relatively young people. The, the crash, I mean, they're, they're probably going 15, 20 miles an hour. They get turned on their side. It, they get, like, weirdly deflected no, into the No, they're thing. going faster than that because they're playing chicken. But I, I, I do agree with you that it gets turned on its side. It's not head-on. Right. 89 Mercury Sable airbag is not a not no. a scenario here. I they think get like they, deflected in a in a kind of a, yes. a, a glancing blow sort of a way and get the tipped on their side and yeah. down down into the. Thing. So I I do think they survive, I, but I think they're arrested. So I I think okay. that they do not count on the body count. So that's what I had. And then you had one more. Who was it? I think it was just Cyrus. No, was it Cyrus? just Cyrus? Wasn't yeah. there one more guy we we were wondering about? No, it, it, it's Cyrus okay. because it it's not it's not confirmed on screen or even discussed. Okay, okay off screen of a confirmation, but I think your point of making the exception for Kinnear, I, I think that's enough confirmation. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It, right. It's, it's, you know, look, we, we can, we can decide who to count and who not. We don't have to stick. I, I think sticking too hard, too closely to rules like this, you know, we, we have some leeway here. Yeah. So, okay. So, so my count that I had is consistent with what we just came up here. All right. With here, total body count of four. Stallone had three. Yep. Cyrus, Eddie, and um, Geraldine. Geraldine, yes. Well, Geraldine, and Brumby. Well, he yeah, has Brumby. Brumby. Geraldine is Geraldine probably is, Cyrus. Is the only non-Stallone dead. Yeah. So okay. So this is the segment where we're comparing uh, Sylvester Stallone's body count to Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Arnold had an average body count of fourteen point three nine. Total body count of five hundred forty seven. So now, if we add the three to Stallone's body count, Stallone now has a body count of four hundred sixty nine. 
across 41 movies gives him an average body count of 11.44. He is currently 78 behind Arnold's 547 with about 15 movies to yeah, go. I don't know, man. I'm starting it's, to question. It's going to be close. I actually think it's going to be close. Because, I, I mean, you know the uh, Last Blood. Yeah. I, I don't know Last Blood. But, you know, when you look at some of what we have left, I, there's going to be a lot of z- goose eggs. Yeah. It, it, as Stallone is much more feast or famine, we've talked about it before. So it, I think he's going to need at least one more. Rambo's not going to carry him. Rambo, I, uh, this is, I guess, not. I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but Rambo: Last Blood does not have seventy-eight bodies. There's no way. So uh, he's going. to... I mean, maybe there's there's this this movie coming out. It was supposed to come out this year. I think it got delayed, but uh, whatever that's called. That he's he's got a movie. Yeah, and I, there's, a, there's Escape Plan Three. Escape Plan Three, and I don't remember how. I mean. I just don't remember how many Michael Rooker, John. I don't know how many goons there are in Cliffhanger. No, he's he's too heroic. I think in that movie, it's been a long time since I watched it, yeah. but um, I don't think he's he's not going out of his way to kill people. And also, yeah. I, I bet he never shoots a gun in that movie. I don't remember. Maybe he does. I don't think so. It's he, been a while. He's punching guys off of cliffs in that movie. <laughs> whatever. It's, it's been a long time, yes. but I, you, you can only punch so many guys That's, off of cliffs. You know, there's a, there's a certain like upper, upper limit. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. You ready for the Wrecking Crew Award? Let's do it. All right, the uh, segment of the show where we give the award to the character who, and sometimes an inanimate object, that wrecked the most shop. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> uh, it's actually not in this one. This one, to me, it was it was pretty obvious. The only twist I said is I said it's Jack Carter, but I gave it mostly that he destroys that tree behind Kinnear when he is not actually. I mean, that he probably does. takes the most damage of anything in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. so uh, on-screen violence, for sure. Right? Yeah. Cause, uh, oh, yeah, because that, that was one prediction you had that the violence would be stepped up because it was an American movie. Yeah. The sex would be toned down. The violence yeah, would be... So I, I that, was it wasn't that, that violent. No, it wasn't. Um, but, the car chases, I was right. There, there was... Uh, I don't know if I predicted it, but that that definitely is an American element that got added. Oh yeah, no, I don't yeah. think there were any. There were, there was well, there was one brief car chase in the original, but it was more it was more about Peter being concerned about his car his being car, damaged yes. than, than it was about the actual yeah. chase. Yeah. All right, so yeah, my Wrecking Crew award goes to Kinnear's security contractors, not because they're good at their jobs, but because they are robbing him blind. <laughs> they are doing nothing. So they are wrecking his, wreck his company's them. bank accounts. Maybe that is even accelerating the cash burn. No, that's, that they, 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 they know it too. We got to make we got to make hay while the sunshine. Because minefield's going to burn through that VC capital that, soon enough. That guy, you know, latte milk guy or whatever, who's standing guard outside oh, we're of the call fencing. Him latte Larry, latte actually, Larry, sure. For curb your enthusiasm, fans. Well, he's clearly Russian. So what's what's Russian? <laughs> There's got to be a I, Russian equivalent for Larry. I, it's it's latte Larry. Latte, latte latka. Um, um, that's not a name, is it? So, uh, yeah, that's that's who I think they they right, they're rec- because I didn't want to give it to Jack Carter because Michael Caine's seventies Jack Carter is doing so much more than I, it's, it's like he's not of the two Jack Carters he is the least of the two as without far as like a wrecking ball. So didn't want to give it to him. Fair enough. All right, let's rate the All movie. Right. Punching car accident victim. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad mouthing my film. All right, the Rocky rating, where we rate the movie for, based on Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed down to Spider Rico. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm, I'm changing it. Okay, I've well, decided to change it. I, two. I wrote down Mason Dixon. 
I'm changing it to Tommy Gunn. I don't think it's I don't think it's a a a, a, a Spider Rico. All right, so I don't think it's a terrible terrible movie, but it's it's not mediocre. It's I, bad. It's I, a bad movie. And I hate to admit this, you've convinced me to change my rating. Oh. It actually is not as bad as a Spider Rico. I'm going to move it up to a Tommy Gunn. So we were far apart, and we we've come together. We, it's it's the. Are op- you going to say that we met each other halfway? <laughs> I was going to say that. It feels like it's been so long. I was I, man. Just, I miss. I honestly, I can't tell you how much I miss covering over the top and the sure. fun from Meet Me Halfway. That was a fun one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to admit, I, I was a little too hard. And it's your your comment about boring. That is probably the fairest thing. It's just really a super boring movie. Yeah. And if I had never seen the original, I probably would have went with a Tommy Gun. Actually. Yeah, if yeah. I didn't know the that the original existed and I had seen it first, I probably would have given this a Tommy Gun. So I'm going to go Tommy Gun. It certainly pales in comparison to the original, yeah, and that guns. harms it. You know, it it does not help it that we watched them back to back. Granted, there was but there I was th- some time in between. There was, but I also think it was the right decision to do them back to back for the podcast. So I agree. I'm glad we did that. Did it that way, and yeah. uh, you know, it was it was definitely it was it was interesting to watch. A remake. I don't think I've ever done that before. Watching a remake so close after watching no, the original I, or watching yeah, a previous same, version. Same. Actually, I, I was just. Uh, this is a movie I would have never in a million years watched, but I, I've been I've been meaning to watch the seventies A Star Is Born because I actually kind of like the one that came out last year. Wow. Actually, I, I like any movie that's about the process of writing music. Right. Like I'm just a sucker for it. I just I always, think, I like the movie I, I always think of A Star Is Burns every time I hear <laughs> sure. A Star Is Born. <laughs> but it's like you know. I, I, there's probably a very few movies where I've seen the original. Like I've seen two different versions, like a remake and the original. I've seen the original The Thing. I've seen the original The Fly. But I don't like the originals either one. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it was an interesting experience doing it this way. Yeah, well, it was my pick because I thought it would be good to do them back-to-back. So you are up. Where where are we headed? I am up, and I'm going to, to repay a debt because... Oh. <laughs> Because you you chose this you chose to watch Get Carter because I had suggested we watch the seventies one you know prior to to the yeah season. and it made sense it, it did make sense but I kind of backed you into a corner of of, of picking this well it was like it, it made sense and you didn't have to obviously but I I know what you were going to pick <laughs> and so as a payback so that um, I can I can bite the bullet and pick this category which is the voiceover category. Uh, I'm going to pick Animal Crackers, okay. which is a Netflix exclusive in the U.S. I think that's different elsewhere in the world. But um, <laughs> All right, we're getting the animated wrapped up early. And I think you you had said, I think it was off the show, but you had said, like, because it was it took so long to just become available. I mean, it's a Netflix movie now, so it'll probably be on there forever. But just in case, just in case there's Get some kind done. of legal you know, shenanigans. The rights are tied up and we're a mess forever, so... Let's make All sure right. we watch it while we can. We, I don't want another... Um, can can I make a bold prediction right now? You can just go ahead and adjust the body count to add another movie with a big zero on Animal Crackers. I would assume so. I don't even have a clue, the slightest idea what this movie's going to be about. It's animated, and it's, I assume it has to do with animals. And I'm going to guess it is an hour and 20 minutes long or something of that <laughs> nature. So Yeah, I mean, uh, most... Animated movies are. Yeah, so... Every second of animation costs money. Absolutely. The finger thing means the taxes. So, uh, an, inter- an interesting change, for sure, and I do appreciate it, because it's, it's... 
When I first saw it, I was so excited. I said, oh, my God, it finally happened. Yes. Netflix has reached the bottom of the barrel, and it just has to go get anything. Let's cover Animal Crackers. We put it on the list before we started Stallone, which was like two years ago at least. And I was like, well, this will be coming out soon. And f- two years later, it's finally here. It's like, okay, yes. we can watch this now. Yeah, so, um, well, I, I I say I want to look forward to it. I don't know. It, it'll be good to... Just get it out of the way and yeah. keep saving the cliffhangers of the world for a little bit longer for us and our audience. Appropriately so. Yes. Let's, keep it, let's, let's, let's make the people wait. Yeah. Well, they'll be in the edge of keep bringing them back. So if you've enjoyed the show, please like us on your podcast app of a choice. Maybe write us a favorable review, and we'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Arms Race Podcast. Yeah, and uh, now that we're back for the season, you know, if you want to let people know, if you know someone who think would like the show, and let them know about the show. I, I, I meant to, uh, to say at the beginning, probably should tack it out at the beginning. I don't know if we're, how we're going to handle this now, but um, we're kind of, uh, the schedule was thrown off a little bit at the start of this season. I think we should be able to get an episode out every two weeks. Um, yeah. oh. we, we'll see, but it, 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 similar to last season where it was kind of, we were on the edge of maybe not making that schedule. Um, just be prepared that uh, there, there's a possibility that, you know, the regularity of the show might falter, but we're going to try our best. Yeah, and I'll say your pick has made it easier for us to maybe catch up because a relatively short movie yes. with not a lot of bodies is probably going to be a little bit less work for this next one. Easily available. Yeah, and yeah, so. so. Right. Uh, we'll be back with Animal Crackers. Animal Crackers.